Welcome to Factory Sealed SideQuests. It is June 27th, 2021. I am one of four gentlemen here today. My name is Tom Reagan, and I am joined by Eric Peterson. Hello, Tom. That was lovely. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. We've also got Dan Curtis. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm great, Dan. I'm great. We got to round this off here. We got to round this off. We got one more, one more dude with us. It's Mike Tyson. I feel like gentleman is a strong word. Not a single one of us had Mister in front of our names for once. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's true. right. Pick a party's intro. Pick a party's <laughs> intro, like you always fucking do. This I is why we it. don't it's like just, doing no, them. No, it, that was a very calm, soothing, like almost ASMR intro. I like yeah, it. Yeah, well, and then I come in and fuck it up. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Tyson, and I'm loud and... Blah. Do you know what, right? Speaking of my volume, <laughs> Hazel... No, we don't need to. We can hear it. No, no, no. <laughs> well, speak, sorry, speaking at my volume, Hazel has been claiming all this week that she can't hear me, and claiming that I... But then also claiming that it's my fault. But I'm just like, you always complain that I'm loud. I can't be both loud and simultaneously quiet. Make up your mind. So if you've been wandering around the house just whispering at her, <laughs> trying to, <laughs> trying to go the other way. It's what happens when you get old. Just shit Hazel. starts going downhill. Just, just fucking gaslighting her. <laughs> <laughs> just, Hazel, why are you whispering? I'm not, I'm shouting. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in poor, your head. Poor Hazel's booked in to call for a hearing appointment next week. <laughs> <laughs> It's years of living with me, man. Years of living with me. She's already got uh, permanent hearing damage. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure she's pissed off with me anyway. I fucked our kitchen floor yesterday. Not like with my penis. I mean, it's in my damage to it. <laughs> it can't be worse than what I did, but I attempted to repair mine. What well, you, you fucked your well, kitchen floor with your penis. <laughs> Just hope yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I, I hammered a hole right in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, we we know what you we know what you like for making holes in your house. Maybe we finally found out why. Yeah, I have stock <laughs> in fleshlight for a reason. Well, my reason might be more hilarious than anything Eric usually does. Uh, I accidentally oh glued myself to the kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, how is this what? the first time we're hearing of this? Yeah, so, what? So I, we know it's like because we've got because he's just been unglued from it. That's why <laughs> he just got <laughs> off. We we have one of those. I um, thought your face looks sticky. We have one of those bins that has like two two parts: one for your recycling, one for your rubbish. And obviously, the plastic parts come out. And we know I emptied the bins yesterday and realized that one of them was cracked at the bottom. So I bought some really fucking strong plastic super glue for it. <laughs> when we came home, I was just on the in the kitchen, had that part upside down and glued it, not realizing that some of it had dripped through to the floor. And then I'd also moved my foot, so <laughs> like I had my shoe on. <laughs> and then, I moved the bin out of the way and then went to get up and I literally couldn't pull my foot up. <laughs> we we have vinyl flooring in the kitchen. That's stuff that looks like tiles but isn't tiles. And uh, it just got there, there was no way for me to pull it up. I eventually had to untie my converse, pull my foot out, and then we had to use like a kitchen spatula to try and like pull the actual shoe <laughs> off the floor. <laughs> and yeah, it, it just tore a hole in the vinyl. So there's now like a hole in our vinyl floor. Oh, shit. Uh, you know, oh, if you use dear. acetone, like just like straight acetone nail polish that, that loosens and weakens. Yeah, we, yeah we, we panicked. <laughs> and I, at first, I couldn't go anywhere until I, until I undid my shoe. <laughs> you should have just left the shoe in the middle of your floor. It could have been a talking point. <laughs> Everyone who comes That's in tries to sweep myself. it out of the way. 
Yeah. <laughs> that old Converse uh, shoe right there. That's where I got stuck to the <laughs> stuck to the floor in 2021. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I what versions of you gluing your face to it or something? <laughs> that would have been yes. way better. Thing is, when we first moved in, literally the night we got the keys, we came over, we started the old house. Like, we hadn't moved anything. We just got the keys and wanted to go in. And uh, I started to look at where you pull the kitchen unit out to be able to put the dishwasher in. And I kind of was messing with that and fucked up with that a little bit and tore a little hole in the lino anyway. So I think it's just destined for me to fuck this lino. <laughs> I think that that's just the universe's sign for you to uh, do a home reno project and, and tear that shit apart. Oh, uh, well, uh, no, no, Hazel said, oh, shall we just... Shall we just look at getting the kitchen tiled? And it just stops me wrecking it. <laughs> Until you start wrecking that. Tell you what, then you can get some fun power tools like I bought a, a handheld jackhammer and just fuck shit up. I've got a handheld jackhammer. I know, jack I know all about pants. handheld jackhammering. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the beat-off jokes. <laughs> Older, but uh, we never grow up. Always. I may have been off for a while, but life does not change, I'm afraid. Yeah. Dan, you've moved. I have moved. Slice is no more. Hess is yeah, dead. He's moved straight to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right. Coxo is well known for being heaven. For context, <laughs> when, when we came into this chat, Dan was broadcasting from the center of the sun. We could barely make out him. And he's in a white room. And he's got, well, he had my blanket behind him. So uh, we knew he was in the presence of God. <laughs> God, if, if God looked like that, I'd go straight down to hell. Jesus, wait. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but then, then you get uh, Satan, who looks like me. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Can, I, can I choose? Can I stay in limbo? <laughs> Just straight up purgatory. <laughs> well, the problem is you go to limbo and you get that giant black and white spider and then that one looks like Tom. Just creepy staring at you from the back of the woods. <laughs> I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Let's, I think either way, lads, I'm not going to win there. <laughs> Just going to have to stay alive forever. <laughs> How right, was the move? Anyway, how's the new house? Tiring. Very tiring. <laughs> um, yeah, like Eric joked that I don't have much shit, but I do have a lot of shit. I really do. We did a lot of trips. Did you pull a Mike Tyson and just designate one room in the house to just dump it all? Yes, it is this room. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's in there. To, Crystal just to that, side, to that side, there is a lot of crap. Let's see <laughs> it. Let's have a look. Come on. Let's have a look. Let's see it. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. I mean, you call that a lot. That's nothing. No. God. Mike, send us the picture of the tipping room. I, I don't um, know where it is. Some of the crap has been moved <laughs> temporarily onto the landing because it won't fit in this room while I'm doing it. <laughs> Anytime I'm feeling particularly down, I think of that picture and how much it agitates Mike. And it's just so funny. <laughs> My that room it looked like we used to have a program over here called How Clean Is Your House where basically hoarders would just have I want to give some fucking context to this because this was not my fault and I know Hazel's not here to defend herself it was in your house yeah I know but basically we had this our old house that we were renting before we bought this and it was always going to be like a temporary situation anyway there was just this room full of crap that Hazel hadn't sorted through and hadn't uh got rid of anything when we'd moved from Lincoln to Sheffield and it was just a, a fucking it did look like a hoarder's room and I sent this picture to these guys and Eric hasn't forgotten about it ever since it's so funny <laughs> fuck it's funny it's like there was literally you couldn't see the floor like a hoarder I just yeah, imagine to somebody walking in with an armload of shit and be like alright I'm gonna put this <laughs> nope 
and just put it on the pile and it just slopes down and it becomes this game of how high can we get this before somebody gets pissed off enough and cleans it. Hey, well, I used to podcast from that room. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know. What you don't know about is when Mike moved out of that house and took all the stuff off the floor, there was just one solitary converse in the middle glued to the carpet. <laughs> ah, there's the other one. <laughs> hey, hey, the converse came off uh, relatively unscathed, to be honest. So actually, you're not the only one who got themselves stuck to their kitchen floor this past week. Uh, I completely demoed all of the tile out of my floor in the kitchen, which is an absolute pain in the ass. Um, Eric, that was possibly the best segue you've done in a long time. You like that? I I was hoping I could sneak that by you. No, that was a good one. I can't get by you, Mr. Curtis. You're too good. Mr. Segway himself. How many many levels does the demo have? I was about to say, when's the full version? (laughs) I'd, I'd play Hank Fish DIY. I did make you guys another video about me doing it. Hank Fish Construct Your Groundations DIY YouTube channel launching sometime soon. Uh, I, nearly wet, I nearly wet myself watching that video. Can you please share that into the community? Yes, I will. Uh, There's nothing, I in it, nothing a, in it that'll dox you, is there? What's that? There's nothing in it that'll dox you, is there? I don't think. I don't think so. It's stupidity. Yeah, just uh, listen, listen. The goal of Groundations Do- YouTube, IQ. the, the YouTube <laughs> channel for Groundations, the goal is to provide quality information as stupidly as possible. I don't know how you you just you meld into that persona and you have this like just ridiculous vacant expression on your face and it cracks me up so much. I don't know what happens. <laughs> It it's, was a it, good video. It it's good. good. So for context, um, we had uh, laminate flooring, hardwood laminate flooring in our dining room. We wanted to carry out into the kitchen and, and around the rest of the house. But it's all tile and we have a concrete subfloor, which is a fucking nightmare. Because when they put these houses up, they're like, let's just do it as fast as we can and use the wrong material. And they basically used concrete to set the tiles to the concrete. So when I pulled the tile up, there's a bunch of concrete that I had to level out. So I bought a handheld like hammer drill or mini jack hammer to drill all that shit up and i sent these guys a video of here's how to get tile off the floor as effectively as possible and beating the shit out of stuff with crowbars and jackhammers and all that anyway but i started putting the laminate flooring down and if you've ever done that it's like a locking system so you put one in lay it down then you use a little tapping hammer to kind of click things together but you have to do it in a certain way so you have to use your body to sit on it for a while until the floor becomes heavy enough and uh Watch i was no sitting on it, it. You could. I mean, I don't have any glue that strong. But uh, I was sitting on top of it, and Christy was watching me. I was showing her how to do it, and I tapped a couple of them in. And then I went to get up and couldn't because the the back of my pants had gone between two of the tiles that I had hammered together. <laughs> so I was physically stuck and had to disassemble, like, three layers of the floor while sitting there stuck in my own pants. <laughs> <laughs> not my so finest DIY you stuck moment there to this day. Yeah, the pants are still there. I just well, slither I'm out. Not, of am them I going to have to get some kind of thing on my kitchen floor now because everybody else has got something? <laughs> <laughs> That's just the hat we've glued to the floor. But uh, yeah, kitchen flooring's done. Um, fuck that. That's a lot of work. I understand now why they charge seven dollars a square foot to rip out tile. 
I'll tell you what, no, man, it's, rich, it's, an awesome, it's an awesome feeling, like, uh, finally owning your own house and stuff and just being able to do what you want to it. And it's just so cool. To look at that and go, I can fuck that up if I want to. Yeah, it's it still feels really weird. It kind of feels like I'm in somebody's holiday home, but I'll get yeah. used to it. <laughs> Wait till shit starts breaking and you're like, the fuck? It's a shame we didn't is. move in winter because we would definitely notice the difference because this has actual keyholes which don't let the, all the wind and the world through them. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do when I first come to visit I'm going to get one of those little nose battery powered handheld fans I'm just going to stand at every keyhole and blow it like <laughs> with it and just blow through it and see what happens put a dandelion on the other side to see if it blows and move it off <laughs> brilliant. brilliant you weren't allowed to visit <laughs> I was uh, I was on vacation for a week back in Wisconsin so I, I missed a lot of the excitement for this past week but um Got to re-experience the the joys of humidity and what it's like to need to change clothes thirty seconds after you walk outside. Forgot how fun that is. And then is that came how back humid to, it is. It gets real humid back there. It was like ninety six with forty percent humidity. It was gross. Yeah, I suppose on the, the bright side you can just piss yourself and no one will notice. It's oh, you just piss yourself in anyway. Toronto. <laughs> I think the best part of that trip, though, was just the f- the the free availability of Pib Extra everywhere. I don't drink a ton of soda anymore; like I've cut it out of my diet. But man, you wouldn't have known when I was back in Wisconsin. You've got just a full on coffee and stress now, have you? Just constantly <laughs> sucking on a Pib, a coffee, and stress. <laughs> You're on holiday. Why were you stressed? <laughs> because I got to maintain my diet. No, actually, this is the least stressful vacation I've ever had. It was great. It was a ton of fun. Eric, you, you do actually look quite chilled out compared yeah. to normal. <laughs> you look quite relaxed. I am. We have a plan. We have wheel wheels in motion for big things. Plus, plus, and I got to give a huge extension. shout out because uh, we need to organize this. I am very, very pleased that Mo GameCon is happening this year, September 18th in uh st louis missouri i think it's actually st charles or something but anyway the the greater st louis area we have a healthy crew of people so far that are planning on on attending uh obviously zach and i are going we've already booked our tickets and bon mcgrew grub i don't know what you're saying We've got uh, Jonathan Weaver, Cody Halverson, James Hall, Ben Schrader, Wilfredo Garcia. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you here. Tom, I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) At least someone understands me. (laughs) Good to be here. (laughs) So we're looking for we're looking for more people to join in on the uh, the weekend festivities. We're coming in on Thursday, the 16th, staying through Sunday, the 19th. Don't share small spaces with Zach and Eric, though. Uh, correct. But if we get enough people, we're probably just going to rent out a large Airbnb and then... Um, oh, God, do not let him have anything with rabbit in it. Do I not. Don't think, no, we don't eat that over here. We have, <laughs> we have fine food like cow. <laughs> there was a beef pie on the menu. I'm sure there was. Well, yeah, but it didn't come with bullets. I believe in September, me and Michael Tyson are going to see Final Fantasy in concert. Ooh, mine got pushed again until That's next really March. Is that September? Enjoy. Christ, around fast. Enjoy. I think it's September, isn't it? Ah, let's have a look. I've got it in my little calendar. Enjoy. It's phenomenal. 
Tom, I wish you could come to MoCon, but Canada won't let you back in. Yeah, yeah. I, it's only because I just don't have my I don't have my residency card yet. Everything's been backed up. So what? So you've got you've got your status. You just haven't got the card. Yeah, like well, it's in limbo. So I need the if I was to leave the country now, given that I'm I don't pretty have sure the limbo's card, cheap on the eShop at the minute. So just buy that, you'll be fine. <laughs> just extract it from the files. Sorry, sorry, Tom. Go on. <laughs> just watch out for the spider with Tom's face. Yeah, basically, I'm kind of grounded. I'm kind of grounded here at the moment until uh, until I get my residency card. Cat's got hers. Mine didn't arrive. I'm furious. Well, this I'm is furious. actually even easier because grounded is on Game Pass. Right, we're, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, it's been great. <laughs> Bye, Tom. <laughs> This is what I missed, is it? Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at the look at the bright side. At least you're not like panicking to get into the country at the beginning of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that you was, just had a banging party in the most populous area in the United States. <laughs> that was considerably more stressful. Oh God. Oof. Oh, I was it. regaling that story to uh, to a friend of a friend that I'd met last week, and uh, just just thinking about the fact that we were in Vegas just as everything was closing down. <laughs> Watching it's the world a, shut down around it's us. Quite and going, story. It's what quite a story. What a different world that was. <laughs> it's so fantastical. It's, yeah. it's a great story to tell people. Yeah. <laughs> Not, the five five anyway. Not the yeah. five-hour drive home. Not the five-hour drive. Oh, I was asleep for most of it. How are you, Tom, anyway? Obviously, you've not been on here for a while, so... Yeah. Yeah, but I'm good, though. I'm all right. Surviving? But, you know, surviving. I think 2020, I mentioned it in uh, um, in my Patreon Q&A, which is available um, for June subscribers. Nice segue. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> what a segue. That's a plug. Um, I'd mentioned that, like, 2020 was actually or actually okay for me personally, but, like, a nightmare for the world. And then half of 2021 so far has been a bit up and down for me it's just been a bit it's just been a bit rough because our our lockdown got so extended here with no end date in sight that it was just like when is this gonna when are we gonna be able to go out again and hang out with people it was just so difficult you see the rest of the world opening up and you're like but i want it that definitely doesn't help yeah when you see other when you see other countries sort of um come through the other side and look at the numbers and be like okay maybe we can start to you know relax things a little but um, we're definitely not quite, we're definitely not there yet at all, actually. In, in listen, Canada. have we're, Mr. Trudeau call up Queenie and yeah. say, listen, I people are getting restless here. I want business. <laughs> people need haircuts. They need their toenails yes, cut. do need haircuts. Oh my God. We got to go to the laundromat. And, yeah. And, and people got to go to the brothels. Yeah. But we get Rob Ford back? In, <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, but it's it's weird with like lockdowns and stuff. So obviously the UK is sort of semi still in lockdown, not yeah. properly, but there's still elements of it. And like when in a, yeah. about three weeks from now, all restrictions are meant to be lifted. And that will be incredibly strange if that goes ahead. Like I can't imagine going into a supermarket now and not wearing a mask. Oh, it's glorious. It would be really strange oh, to me. It is glorious. I tell you what. <laughs> So they basically have removed all restrictions here and said, you know what, if you're if you are fully vaccinated, great, you don't need to wear a mask anywhere anymore. And all stores kind of just put that out there as well. And they said, you know, if you're not fully vaccinated, please be considerate and wear your mask. There's no way to police that. And we all knew that going into it. But 
felt that the numbers were high enough to kind of offset that. But uh, I was afraid that there was going to be some sort of, of social stigma associated with people not wearing a mask, like what happened in Australia. And that was not the case here. It, it's, it almost just immediately overnight went back to normal. Interesting. Yeah, yeah well, because we're kind of like half in, half out at the moment. Like, um, like me and Hazel have been out to a couple of restaurants recently. We went to the cinema for the first time last night. And my I, over the course of this whole pandemic and lockdown, everything, uh, my mental health has been like in the shitter. And I've been concerned that coming out of all the lockdowns and everything, that I, like my anxiety would be fucking through the roof. But like, I'm actually quite good. I'm, I'm you know, going out and do those things actually felt quite quite a relief to be honest there's obviously still restrictions in place like when we were at the cinema last night you still had to wear your mask when you weren't sat in your seat and they only sold a certain amount of tickets into theaters so you were still split up quite a bit and we went to what's called the odeon looks anyway which is like this posher version of odeon that has like full reclining sofas that are quite spread out and everything anyway but yeah it was it was fine like feels really good to kind of start doing normal things again yeah it's yeah. going to be it's going to be like weird for a lot of people like for me i think it'll take some time to adjust but i know for example crystal is quite struggling to like actually go near people and stuff because she being a dental nurse has had to be so stringent with the rules all the way through like she has to wear the ridiculous ppe she has to clean everything meticulously and it's going to be hard for her to go back well and she's but, digging in people's mouths fucking yeah. gross yeah <laughs> Yeah, and and like I think I've just been, um, I think I've just been a bit a bit stressed about a lot of things. I got, I mean, I'm getting married in two weeks, like officially. Wait, wait what? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> what? News to us. <laughs> kept that kept quiet. That quiet. Does, no, does Kat know? Yeah, you did. <laughs> we didn't no. know this. <laughs> no. Oh, like, you did uh, not like, tell us this. Like, in, just it's just like in a uh, like a in the city hall. Yeah, like you didn't just, tell us this. Yeah, I did. No. no. Get, get, you get the full You said you were thinking about doing it ages ago, but you haven't told us that you were doing it. Elephant no, Tyson, you... open up the WhatsApp, type in wedding, see what we get. Or marry, <laughs> no, you... or any variation thereof. No, no, Tom, <laughs> honestly, you've told us you were thinking about it, but you didn't didn't tell us you were. Oh, shit. 100%. Well, yeah, that's, I've, been bit, I've been planning a lot of that stuff as well. The last <laughs> message that has the word married says, ooh, this is from Mike Tyson. Ooh, hand job from a married man. Saucy. <laughs> that does sound like, like me. <laughs> no, so you're you're doing the sham wedding thing that me and well, that's what me and Hazel called it, the sham wedding. We were thinking <laughs> yeah. of we were thinking yeah, of doing yeah. the um you get married at the uh the actual pl- the fucking registry office here and then you just have a fake wedding with with everyone there. Yeah, we yeah, call it the sham yeah. marriage. Uh, that's exactly it. We're just, we're just, we're just gonna, we're just getting married. Well, yeah, because I told you guys I was getting my uh, my suit uh, amended. You know, I got. Yeah, my we just, assumed, like, you we just assumed you were getting it ready. <laughs> like, oh, guys, can you imagine? <laughs> like, imagine how much my weight could shift in one year. <laughs> I did think it was a bit soon. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> didn't even know that was a picture of you when you sent it. I know, right? I didn't either. Didn't look yeah. like it. The hair has got. It's why I'm wearing a hat, guys. You always wear a hat anyway. Tell you what, Tom. Tell you what, Tom. Get a clippers, clip it down, razor it. Best day wedding, dude. Cue ball it for the wedding. Knew you. I don't look good like that. Yeah, neither did I. Still does it off pretty well. See, so would you. Uh, I think you pull off the chrome dome, Eric. I think you're good. Yeah, I wouldn't. My uh, especially this big shiny spot right here. I don't quite have it. 
But uh, yeah, so I got, I got my I got my suit already. But yeah, it's just going to be a couple of witnesses, and then we'll we'll have the we'll still have like a wedding next year, Tom, the, Sha- Tom, the Sham wedding. Tom, don't you know the number one rule is leave no witnesses? <laughs> Good point. Fuck. Pull a Genghis Khan like he did on his funeral, and then you know have a bunch of people there, and then have all of them executed so nobody knows. <laughs> All right, reception's at the lake. <laughs> if he, you ain't killer, he, could, if he wanted a killer, he could have killed her where he proposed because hey. that was pretty damn high. Hey, uh, Tom, I just thought if you're having the sham wedding in the UK, that means you get because it's not a legal ceremony, you can have anyone officiate. That's correct. Oh my god, <laughs> that's correct. So, which one of us is it going to be? <laughs> I don't know yet. Well, yeah. I reckon welcome yeah. to Tom and Kat's wedding. I'm quite excited about having just someone, someone. Uh, someone I'll do it as Hank Fist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Listen, we're brought here today to bear witness to the marriage of these two individuals. Now listen. Now they ain't cousins. Do you swear to look after her in sickness, health, and for the rest of your life, God so fucking help you. <laughs> have sex I'd- every night. <laughs> Do you <laughs> promise to get behind your woman, Giggity? Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that would be so funny. It's from a family and everything. Like, you completely out of context. Oh, God, who could do it with a straight face? That'd Listen, be the best. As long as I'm laughing, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the key. That is the key. Hey, it's your wedding. Right. Your wedding, your rules. <laughs> Imagine uh, if Eric did it and then he had to meet the family and stuff afterwards. I would just completely <laughs> drop out of character and just yeah, be you totally just normal. Like, Hello, it's me, Eric. Hey. Just, did you enjoy the surface? Yeah, it was quite <laughs> lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, how about that officiant? <laughs> he seems to have turned into Prince Charles. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be among half the posh people in the entire country with Kat's family, apparently. I don't know. I, I think no. if you looked at if you looked at Eric's reflection in the back of a spoon, it'd look a bit like Prince William. What the fuck? <laughs> I have a spoon here. What a weird... <laughs> we'll, tr- we'll try that next time we see you. <laughs> back of a spoon. Oh, God. God. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Well, wait, wait. Tom, 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 Tom. I'm Tom, sorry, Tom, Tom, guys. Tom. I'm sorry. I, I honestly thought I told you it was not uh, intentional. <laughs> no, no. I think but I'm just Tom, in a bit in my own head right now these these last few months. Go on, Mike. Go on. Tom, 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 Tom. So, what? my, my, now I admit it's not been a strong campaign, but my campaign to, for you to try and have another stag do in Vegas, you actually being married, does that ruin the chances of this or? <laughs> Ooh, hmm. You know. We can start a new tradition. It can be the stag reception, but it would really stag- be a stag. A new, a new tradition would probably be... A stag be did? The, it wouldn't even be stag because he's not a stag anymore, so it would be the... Uh, what do you become it, after the recapture stag? Recapture your youth is what we would do. We'd have, a, we'd have a retreat. It'd be a retreat. Oh, the Ryu. Yeah. I'd recapture <laughs> your youth. It's yeah. a, a married, married man's retreat. Yes. I, was, I, I used to have about... your um, I used to have your invitation, Tom, on the um, fridge downstairs, and I would look at yeah, it routinely it's, and go, "It looks oh, like a treasure map I, now." I would look at it and go, "Who the hell is is Jom?" Because of the T that you on. <laughs> it looks like a J. 
He's gone to your uh, job so now, not yom. I designed every aspect of that invitation except for the names Tom and Catherine. That what was... did you want to go for? Jesse and Bob. Barry <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and Barbara. Um, I was like, are you sure about this font? Because the most important thing about fonts is legibility. <laughs> and this does look a bit like John. Hey, hey, Tom, at least you didn't put the wrong date on it like I did, so. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, print design is stressful, though. You know, it's not, you know. No, you got to take mistake. the Dan Curtis approach and just hammer something. Be like, yep, good enough, print. Send it to a thousand. <laughs> print, one thousand. Excuse me, ah, I think shit. you'll find I have produced some beautiful leaflets for work over the years. Mm, quite. Well, why can't you do any of that for us? <laughs> Doesn't care. Oh, exactly. There it is. There it what is. leaflets? <laughs> Do any print? Should we start leafleting? Actually, <laughs> I will say though that we could do bombing campaigns like propaganda and just have them drop leaflets over <laughs> metropolis. Fucking Americans! Areas. All you want to do is fucking bomb places. I Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's how you get things done. Just <laughs> bomb you into submission. Dropping pamphlets out of an airplane with Eric's face on it just says "Listen" underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with, with the, the QI. It, says, the it says, listen, that's got the factory sealed logo underneath. <laughs> Eric dressed as Uncle Sam. Yes, yeah, the Uncle Sam. Lesson. Booting up Photoshop right now. We need you <laughs> on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, Jeremy Sanford's probably Listen, we want you to listen. <laughs> you don't need to listen. Leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> Stop it. Only. Get on it. We need to make new shirts for MoCon this year, so that could be it, too. What were the shirts you had last time? Well, I had Dan's but Oh, Dan's shirt. head. The, the portrait, the oil painting. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's that other things. There's other, there's other wheels in motion as well. Oh, you mean, uh, the, you now mean this makes sense. Something's just right. slotted into place. No. Eric's oh, been can... bugging us since yesterday about goofy photos of us. Oh, I think you'll you'll find that what I'm doing with those is far more entertaining than a stupid T-shirt. Okay. Oh no. Ah, uh, I tried to think. Which photo did he use of me? Not the wedding one. No, I didn't wedding. send you the photo that I'm using for you. Oh, well, that oh. one was too grainy. I tried, but it was far too grainy. <laughs> Tom, yeah. actually, I, actually I still don't photo. know what happened to you in that photo. <laughs> well, never I don't. Know. I want to know what Kat's doing. She's like, Ugh. it just looks like <laughs> like a mooka painting. It just like one of those moments in life where the universe just just changed direction and you guys couldn't quite keep up and our faces went with it. I don't know. It, 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 I must admit, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, too. I used Tom. I just sent you a picture. I used that one. That's the most serial killery photo I could use of you or find of you. Oh, God. That is. Oh, my hair was a bit more dignified. I'm going to fucking cut you. That's me 10 minutes away from proposing. Hell yeah, it was. Hell mm, you can, you, yeah. You can see it in your face. Shortly yeah. after I straddled the shit uh, out of the place that you I'm about to you make the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> lads, lads, yeah. lads. Speaking of that trip, lads, lads, lads. Dan, do you remember making the deal that like, if, uh, if you got engaged to Crystal, well, you would get engaged to Crystal and Eric would fund your entire wedding as long as he could plan every single aspect No, I did it. not agree to this, Eric. Yes, you did. It. Yes, you did. I definitely did. did not. Oh, yeah, you did. 
Holy shit. It's on a show somewhere. We need somebody to find that and clip it for us. Dan agreed to that. I mean, I'm I'm not getting married like so, you know, but you might be waiting. I think that we together as a team of three could plan (laughs) a bomb ass wedding. (laughs) What happens if we leave it till because traditionally on a ridiculous wedding. (laughs) What, Mike? Traditionally on a leap year on the extra day in February, um, Traditionally, women can propose to men if you're going to stick to tradition. So if we could just get Crystal to do it. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> really good luck. Really good luck. I think it's possible. What if we made you the agreement that nothing embarrassing would happen? I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, good well, point. embarrassing to you because I, you know, I, I give no guarantees that I won't embarrass myself at a wedding. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a given. <laughs> Mike, you but just you to... just constantly think you're going to embarrass yourself at weddings. That's all you think. Because he does. True. Look, the thing is, right, the thing is, I love a good wedding. Because I love, like, you know when you end up on a table I with people you don't wedding. know? And you're just drinking all day, and then you just start hobnobbing with people you don't know, and, and like, at the at the buffet, and like, ooh. Yeah, like your friends that you sat us with at the table that uh, <laughs> we were pretty sure thought we were fucking crazy. We are. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> exactly there you go but yeah tom let's go to vegas again for another stag do dan get married and let eric pay for it and also Listeners, have your stag in vegas give us five star reviews eric keep doing stupid shit deal <laughs> done <laughs> done like buying a lot of games i don't need donezo yeah, you've been yeah. doing that for a while <laughs> did you buy any games that you didn't need this month Oh, I doubt yeah. it. Oh, Tom. <laughs> nah, no, I reckon you took the month off. If anything, this past month was the most expensive month of gaming I've had in a while. Most of which is for the Retro show. Have we had a Retro show since I got back? No. 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 I bought no. this thing right here. Oh, the Vectrex. Bought that. I bought Tell a whole about- mountain of games back in have Wisconsin. You gi- um, have you given us the story of... Uh, how you obtained the Vectrix. Yeah, but that's for the Retro show. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, retro! This is, this is not Retro. This is literally modern games. That and, and we had <laughs> E3 Summer Games Fest slash a ton of really, really shitty game streams this past two weeks. So we yeah. didn't want to talk about that instead of the Vectrix. But it's uh, right there. Fine. She works. She She works. I'll turn around next time. Yeah. It looks cool. Yeah, it's fucking... It's sweet. I was afraid that I was going to get stopped in security because I stuffed that into a carry-on and that was the only thing that was in there. They didn't stop me for that, but they stopped my daughter for having Play-Doh because that could be C4. <laughs> fucking Christ. It's got C-H. This thing's a <laughs> bomb from the 1980s. Come on. It's really good for dealing with Vulcan River, naturally. C4. Yeah. What, the Vectrex? Colonel, I forgot my C4. All I have is Play-Doh. Why don't you look for where the walls are a different color? <laughs> so, yeah. So. But no, I did buy quite an unhealthy amount of games this past past, uh, past month. Not so. Not three so. of which, well, four if you count some sort of DLC for a game nobody gives a shit about. Um, four games in the past two weeks. DLC, what's right? DLC. Yeah. 
What DLC? Um, Dick Lick Cotton Candy. Oh, I thought you were Bad. talking about a game, a certain game or or something that you didn't that you that you. I thought you were talking about a game like a the DLC for another game that you haven't played or something. I did. Hmm. I've thoroughly confused this man. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm not commenting on this joke because then hopefully you'll stop doing it. What joke? The make up names for acronyms? Come nope. on. No. No. The DLC in question to the oh. game in question and you playing it. Chivalry 2. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a doll. I thought Dan had been quiet. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's just sent us the Eric Uncle Sam listen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some games because I bought some games that I want to talk about um, that you guys have not let me talk about because I haven't played the DLC to the other game that all you guys want to talk about. Yeah, thanks for that. You're welcome. I have played it now. All of it. Some of it. <laughs> Some of it. Listen, I was busy. Look, you need to see the end. You need to. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. I'm going to give some fucking context here because I'm going to get angry. Right. For context, we're talking about episode... Is it fucking intermission, isn't it? Because I always keep getting the name wrong. It's yes. basically Final Fantasy uh, 7 Remake, uh, Yuffie DLC, which is called Intermission, which for months and months and months I thought was called Interlude. And then when Dan called it Intermission, I went, oh, that's good because there's not anything called Intermission. He said, no, that's the name of the DLC. And I went, no, it isn't. And then it went on and spiraled and then turned out I was wrong. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, we've been playing it. And uh I let Eric know that when he upgraded his Final Fantasy VII Remake from PS4 to PS5, that there's some free DLC, which is just the... Um, it was the pre-order accessories that uh, you got and the extra summons you got for Final Fantasy, pre-ordering the original Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Eric has avoided playing Intermission because he can't access this DLC, which because is not your needed whatsoever. Instructions. And just gives you and just gives you a leg up at the beginning of listen, the game. Listen. And no, before you say it, my instruction was don't forget to download it, not oh Eric, you definitely can't play it without no, these no, extra no. accessories what? and extra summons. You definitely, definitely can't play it. <laughs> that was not my instruction. <laughs> your instructions on how to activate said DLC were toilet. You said Excuse me. All I did was I did what I did and what Dan did and what many other people on the internet did. It isn't my fault that your internet is shit. <laughs> it's not my internet. Your directions were make sure when you're in, you have to go. Oh, you did say in game. Yeah, I had a bit of a struggle if you guys remember, but you, there are some instructions online that you can follow. Yeah. yeah, no, yours was uploading your save, though, not to do with the DLC, wasn't it? Yeah, the, Sorry, save, yes, the, save, thing, save. Uh, the save thing was very similar for um, Crash Bandicoot 4. You had to ask access the PlayStation 4 version to upload it to the yeah. cloud to then it's, access the PS5 yeah. version to access the save. Well, it seems like it's the devs been, have been asked to build this into their PS4 versions and then update. Yeah, it's been the same for most of them that got upgrades. Tony Hawk did it, um, Spider-Man did it when they... Did Spider-Man, Spider-Man Remastered, uh, mm-hmm. Crash did it like Dan said. I think the only game I've... Actually, no, I didn't play that on PS4. I was going to say, I don't think you needed to do it with Avengers, but I'm not sure. When I did it for Crash, though, I thought like you could upload it to the PlayStation Plus cloud storage, then download it from there. No, no, no. you can't do that. No, 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 no. Anyway, Eric, no. What, did, what did I say? 
You said this was a great DLC, and I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> Why have you just discovered that I was right all along? I'm, I read your instructions as in the menu, like at the beginning, before you go into the game, you have to activate the DLCs, which was, you know, you go down to options and blah, blah, blah. Wait, blah, blah. so no let deals. me get this straight. Hang on. So if you're telling me you haven't gone onto the pause menu and gone into the DLC section under the system there, is that what you I haven't I did. That's where done? I found it eventually when I started okay. it. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. For context, yeah. I didn't avoid playing this because Who I couldn't was activate right about the DLCs. Everything. It was Michael all along. I did not avoid playing this because of the DLC. I couldn't activate yes, the DLC. I avoided yes, playing it because did. I wanted to play goddamn Ratchet and Clank because that was a bigger deal for me. Mm, says the man who's been bugging us to play Chivalry 2 for the past few days. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe if you'd let me talk about Chivalry it. Chivalry is dead. <laughs> it may as well be because er- Eric's the only person who's ever heard of it. Uh. <laughs> right, can we actually talk about intermission? Because it's fucking fantastic. Nope, I want to talk about chivalry. Fine, go ahead. No, and then talk I will about try intermission. Back I'll into talk about fantasy. this later. Go ahead. No. Nope. No. Listen, Daniel, who's got the bigger? I'll heel? let you start because you've got the biggest boner for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, you do. You okay there, Tom? Oh, just a little yawn, sorry. Keep keeping you up. Full pumpkin from Thomas. Right. Uh, yeah, the intermission DLC is all right, isn't it? Quite like it. I mean, if I was being cynical, it is a bit of a soulless cash grab. Yeah, but... literally, my that's my only criticism as well, <laughs> to be honest. Like, But if you play through it, it's kind of integral to the upcoming story. Which is why so... I would have preferred it to have been at the beginning of part two of the remake i don't you know because know, yeah. for context we're not going to spoil anything um important but for context for those that um haven't played it you play as yuffie and it kind of runs alongside a lot of the key mo- of some of the key moments from the first one like you always kind of know where it's being situated and i think mm. if you did what you suggested tom i think it would have felt a bit disjointed at the beginning yeah uh you know like when you when a, when a new season like remember when you know when a cliffhanger happens in a tv show and then a year goes by and the next season comes out and it opens and it's not with the character that you were previously with and it'll give you some like foreshadowing on another situation and the whole time you're thinking oh man i just want to know what happened to like that situation that you left us in last year i feel like it would just be like that you know you would you would start the game as as yuffie see i i foresee kind of kind of spoilers i guess for final fantasy 7 remake if you haven't played it but i foresee kind of part two might even open playing a sack at some point yeah so uh yeah it could Which potentially be interesting and I, I would be opposed to sort of jumping around a, a little bit between different um characters and in their in their respective situations given the fact that at the end of the first seven remake it's i mean yeah, i don't want to spoil stuff but like you know time is different what is time um so maybe we could uh i don't know we could um just look at some different perspectives and then maybe when all characters come together it brings you back to that center branch of like all right well now now everyone's together as as we know it and push on from the game from there i don't know i just feel like it could have probably been in the second part and it's a bit of a like i don't know how much it was in the uk but it's like 20 bucks here it's 20 bucks 15 i think 
How long yeah. is it? Because I'm about two five, and a half hours in. Five to five and a half hours. I think I finished it in five and a half. That's that's a lot for some short DLC, especially when you consider like Frozen Wilds, what you get for that. No, it's cool. And you've played a little bit of it, right, Eric? You've played the, the first hour or so, you said? I'm about two and a half hours in, so I'm about okay, halfway. Okay, okay. So like you've played like the, the Fort Condor uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which which is a really nice addition. Like I, I really ended up. Yeah. Don't know about you, you Dan and Mike, but like I ended up playing that quite a lot. I was really me too. It. I I just did that side quest straight away and I beat all of it without doing yeah. anything else because it got really yeah, addictive. Same. Because Fort Condor on the original for me was always one of the shitter mini games. <laughs> uh, yeah. I kind of like I did it begrudgingly, but I didn't really ever enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah. For to turn it into kind of a tabletop game is pretty cool. I'd still mm-hmm. like to go to Fort Condor itself. Hopefully it's inspired by an actual location and you do actually go there at some point, but that would be cool. uh, who knows? Um, the, I, one of the I best things about the DLC for me, though, was kind of... Um, it, it does reuse some of the assets from the original year back in the Sector 7 slums and stuff, but uh, yep. there is quite a lot of new stuff as well, like new environments, and it has that same level of polish you'd expect from the main game, which was important. I tell you what I was really enjoying mm-hmm. about it, and I think this may be because we just recently played uh, Dirge of Cerberus, and I really enjoyed that. It gave me a new appreciation for Yuffie as a character. So to see her kind of be in the spotlight and and have her mannerisms and and her character expanded upon, like they really hit the nail on the head with her as a character and how she conducts herself and the type of person that she is. But um, Man, the animations for her are just incredible. Like how just watching everything that she does and how she interacts with the environment is very childlike in nature, which is, you know, kind of Yuffie as a character. She's technically an adult that gets treated like a child because she acts like a child, even though she I mean, she's she's the youngest of the crew anyway, in general, because I think, yeah. But I mean, like, for example, when when she's climbing up something, she kind of kind of has like this knees in pigeon toed, like goofy little hop. Like she's just more genuinely energetic uh when she's running she kind of does that dragon ball z like sticks her arms out and leans forward the type run. Run. <laughs> yeah so she just I, I really really like her as a character and it took me a minute to kind of get back into the swing of combat because i haven't played this since i beat it uh, last march um or whenever it came, whenever it came out but um <clears throat> The combat in this is extremely refreshing because it does feel a little bit more action RPG just because of what they've done with Yuffie and, and how she interacts and then with, um, what what's the guy's name? Sonon. Sonon, yeah. Sonon. And how you can synergize between the two of them. Uh, mm. I've, I've struggled a little bit because my brain treats it as a action RPG when it's really not. So I just kind of get into the groove of it and I'm, I'm hacking and slashing away and like, oh, you're dead. And I'm not paying attention to the RPG elements of it of like, oh, I have to pause and heal or use my quick commands and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. her her attacks, it's extremely fast paced and a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, said, I think I said the... this to Mike, like the throughout Final Fantasy VII Remake, they nailed not only the characterization of the characters, but also how they are distinctly different in combat and how they control. And that's one of the best things about the game for me, like you know if you swap to cloud like he's your kind of heavy hitter if you swap to barrett you can do ranged attacks you swap to Aerith for like support and tifa's just kind of wheels on them but then yuffie comes in and she's got these ranged attacks and these different ninjitsu ninjitsu things and stuff yeah. which is just super cool as well 
Mm. Really like that. I mean, going going back to the character side before I go into the battle side as well, the thing that I noticed most is because I, I really enjoy using Yuffie in Final Fantasy VII in battle, but I am very aware that she's very unlikable as a character outside of battle. And obviously with her technically being a bonus character, she doesn't get much integration anyway. And it's really mm. nice for me to see that they've made her so likable in this because i understand why people don't like her using her or her character in general at all in the old one and yeah yeah, they've made her so likable and so relatable and obviously eric you haven't finished it yet but you know you you at points when she's sad you're sad with her and stuff like that and then yeah going back to the battle thing like dan said you know you've got all these different characters that have different strengths weaknesses you know some are ranged some are short and some are magic yuffie's like this amalgamation of all of them um, you know, so obviously she has a ranged shuriken attack, but then there's um, the ninjutsu um, moves that Dan was on about. Is she without materia? She technically has magic spells where you can throw the shuriken; it attaches to them, and then you can, using your battle commands, you can then change that to fire. Is it fire, wind, lightning, and ice? Isn't it? Yeah. And you can just do the magic yeah. without it. So I'm hoping they keep that in, and I'm hoping this whole synergy thing they do with Sonon where you press a button and they'll start attacking together, and you can do when you your ATB bar goes up, you can then do uh combinations of their special attacks i hope they keep that in i know there's the synergy materia in final fight 7 remake but that's kind of different mm-hmm. that's just kind of casting spells at the you same can time. synergize so really two different this characters yeah. this yeah. could have been so a test for that. that mechanic though that could be a test to see if it works mm. and it does and it's quite in- integral to this experience in a way and um you could for example, when you get Red 13 at the end of final fantasy 7 remake you can't control him but this synergy thing would have been perfect for that mm. bit yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mike, to your point um, on on Yuffie really quick, um, and you kind of hit the nail on the head with why I like her and why I think that she is a bit more of an enjoyable character because she kind of bridges that gap between youth and adulthood. I think when when kids are are growing up, they kind of have this this you know rose colored view of the world and how everything works, and they're they're very idealistic in their nature. And Yuffie has a lot of that, but she's trying to prove that she's an adult. But she's surrounded by adults who have been worn down by growing up and mm. they they now understand how the world works and they say, you know what, I had this idealistic nature of like this is this is how corporations should be, but it's really not. And you know what, kid, like we just don't have the time of day for your 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 idealistic ideations and um, she just wants to hang on to that, but she also wants to be accepted by this group of, of adults to prove that she's one of them. So she's caught in this weird limbo. So it's it's really refreshing to see, like, you know what? This is a character who is still trying to hold on to her youth and, and you know, be as positive as possible. But you're also kind of seeing that, that degradation uh, of her just being worn down by having to be an adult because that's such a realistic thing that happens throughout life. You can see it with anybody who goes through their early 20s. They exit college and they're like, I want to take over the world and I want to save all the whales and I want to save the trees and all the kids in the school. And then they just kind of hit the real world and they just get worn down. And like, for me, that's Yuffie as a character. And I, I, I enjoy that because she is... She was in in the first Final Fantasy VII very, very unlikable, like this bratty, snotty little kid, but they've really expanded upon her. And I started to see that in Dirge of Cerberus, and you see it even more so now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the, the one going back to the battle system as well, um, the one thing I do miss, 
because obviously you, you don't control Sonon. You can give him commands like you could on 7 Remix Battle System. When their ATB fills up, you can press L2, R2 and, and give him commands. But the the thing that I love from Fast, Final Fantasy VII Remake's um, battle system, especially when you've got three characters, is you know using that character, getting your ATB up, using attacks, switching over to, whilst they're doing that, switch over to control the other character, get their ATB up, get their attack going, and switch over to the next one. That fast pace, switching between the characters and getting their abilities and just completely wrecking the enemy. I, I miss that. That is one thing I definitely miss from the way they've done the battle system of it. I actually disagree mm. because I found that to be quite overwhelming and I enjoy oh, I being it. able to focus on I loved it as one well. character. Oh, no, man. I, I, I adore what they did with the battle system in 7 Remake. I've, you know, I've banged on about it before, but I love yeah. that fast pace, you know, switching from character to character. That, that lovely combination of an ATB battle system combined with the action RPG, oh, I'd love it. I really, really do. I mean, I've, I'm on my fourth playthrough, so I definitely like it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not yeah, even was, kidding. Oh, I remember when I first played the demo and I struggled because it was so fast-paced and I wasn't sure if I was doing it right, to be honest with you. And I was, like, struggling on some of the... Uh, some of the all the easiest battles that, um, at the beginning. And then uh, as I got into the swing of it, um, I realized that... Uh, it's very fresh. It feels very fresh. Um, mm. When I when I jump back into the into the UV uh, DLC, um, I didn't take the, take a moment to like uh, like relearn anything, and I just ran into it, and I was like, "Wow, I do not remember how to play this." Yeah. I do not. I died on the anything. first couple battles. Yeah, I died. Uh, like I think it was like the one of the one of the like hellhoundy kind kind of dogs that you come up the with. Wrath Hound. Yeah, the Wrath Hound. Like the first like moderately challenging battle and i was like oh shit i'm <laughs> i can't do this but i think um i think uh fuck, i always forget his name is it sauron sonon sonon so, so um uh he has like a, a an ability that was like uh if if yuffie goes down uh he'll sacrifice himself to bring you back to bring yeah. you back which uh is really <laughs> which came in really handy on the later battles for me um yeah man yeah, system. I'm looking forward to finishing it. It it's it's definitely a good teaser for what's to come. Uh, who, oh, knows. Eric, you know nothing yet. You know nothing. It no spoilers. It bridges some gaps. Oh, good. What oh, got good. in the way? What got in the way of you finishing uh, intermission? Uh, Dan and I can probably talk a little bit about uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, but that that definitely got in the way along with some chivalry too and, and dark alliance which i want to share my thoughts on for both but dan let's ghost attack over ratchet and clank because holy shit <laughs> right now this is the reason to own a ps5 it is super it it's is. the first one of the first times i've went wow this is next gen like it's and incredible it, if i can expand even further upon that this is the reason to purchase an oled tv I, I will bang on about the praises of, of OLED until the day I die until something or until something better comes out. But Jesus Christ, that playing this game on that TV has made every investment worth it. Because I remember when Ratchet and Clank came out in 2016, we're like, yeah, we're playing a Pixar movie. And you try not to fall into that mindset because we've grown up through the generations of how is it going to get better? We know it's going to get better, but this from start to finish is just unbelievably superb on every level um you mentioned it before dan when we were talking that they have just you know pardon the pun ratcheted up the uh storytelling hey. to no end 
it's just it's incredible. I was really concerned that the introduction of another character. Thanks, Mike. I'm glad that my shit joke gets your slow clap approval. Um, <laughs> I'm finding you're fr- talking. I'm finding you're talking riveting. Actually, ah, I get it. Do you fucking I, get it? I don't, Tom. Um, I was really concerned that the inclusion of Rivet was going to detract from my enjoyment of the game because you know we have what almost 20 years of history with just Ratchet and Clank across how many games and here it is now it's like okay go play as this other character kind of like what happened in Last of Us 2 with the introduction of Abby and you're like I don't want to play as this I want to play as Ratchet and Clank and now suddenly you're playing as Rivet and Clank and when you're with Ratchet you have Kit and it's like everything's all fucked up but man Rivet is awesome one of my favorite female characters I actually kind of like her better than Ratchet now. <laughs> She's so fucking cool. Yeah, she it's... really is. And um, interestingly, the game kind of deals with uh, PTSD and um, kind of yeah. a few mental health issues and stuff like that as well, which is quite cool. Well, which you really wouldn't expect in something like and, this. Yeah. Oh. And it's like, so Eric, you touched upon 2016's Ratchet and Clank, right? I remember yeah. playing that and thinking, yes, this looks like an animated movie. You look at a comparison video of 2016 Ratchet and Clank against Rift Apart. Oh my god, the difference is ludicrous. Is it? Yes, uh, it really look. is. Like, I, you need to find a comparison video and watch, like, just so, the detail of the characters, the environments, everything. What's is, really cool about this game, aside from the fact that it's just fucking awesome, is that I think what what's really important about games on a new console is that they showcase the features of a brand new console and say this is why this game could only exist on this console and a lot of games are very heavy-handed in that that approach and ratchet and clank is not it is very subtle in its use of every available feature on the ps5 uh, from the nvme extreme fast loading i mean you press start you're in it is less than a second but even beyond that um, using the rifts to quickly teleport between worlds or across large sections of the map um, using features of the system or how all the guns uh, operate, half pulls on the triggers uh, to do certain things. Just everything about this game is is so well designed and it, extremely it is that all of the systems come together so beautifully and like the animations are on another level and stuff like that i just felt so good all the way through it, it kind of felt like the best saturday morning cartoon yeah. transformed into a superb game in a way for me and like for example some of the um the haptic feedback for example somehow insomniac has found a way for the pixelizer hd weapon when you're charging it up they use the haptic feedback to make a tune. I don't have that gun yet. It actually unlocks on challenge mode when you replay it. Oh, okay. That would explain it. So, but um, it's ridiculous. How can vibration of a controller play a tune? I will <laughs> say that, that the one knock I will give this game is that I didn't enjoy the weapons as much as I do in most uh, Ratchet and Clank games. I mean, they they have your your traditional style of ga- uh, of guns. You know, your blaster pistol, your buzz blades, um, the the rocket launcher. Then you can obviously unlock the rhino. But I just felt like some of them were a little bit of a, a slog to go through and try to level up. Like your topiary gun, um, the Mister Fun guy, which as worthless as he is, he's hilarious. He's this gigantic mushroom that pops out and he makes really shit jokes to try to I lighten the mood Mr. Zircon while he's killing him. people. 
Um, but yeah, Mr. Zircon was better. However, Zircon Jr. was so funny when you go to buy the weapons and he does his little preview and he's just really overly intense about everything. But that's the only thing is that I didn't find the weapons as memorable. I, I, I wish we would have seen the Groovatron like we've seen in past games, like a new iteration of that or one that oh, would change people God. into like penguins or sheep or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> the yeah, there's no was animal so good. good. The yeah, the Groovatron so is the funny. best Ratchet and Clank gun of all time. Oh, is it in? Is it not in Rift it's Apart? Not. Okay. It's, it's, um, I've always been quite partial to the sheep in there. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. I... So I I I really adored um, Ratchet and Clank on the PS4. I bought it when it when it came out. I remember and couldn't stop playing it. It was beautiful and it looked like a Pixar movie and everything was fully everything everything animated. It was just great. Um, so hearing you guys talk about Rift Apart and how how like there, how it's such a huge step beyond that makes me really want to buy it now. There it's are a lot few longer games. than you think it is as well. Like, yeah, that's the other I've thing I was going to say. I've seen reviews of people saying it's short, and I don't know what they played because it's a lot. I literally just played, um, yes, literally, um, 2016's Ratchet and Clank again, and that is a short game actually, compared to particularly compared to this one. I still oh. say it suffered because it was done alongside the movie. Well, oh. I think that that there are so many twists within here. Uh, the first place where I actually thought it was ending was really only the halfway point. And uh, mm-hmm. it just kept it just kept going. Every time you think that something's going to end, it 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 comes back up or it, it wraps around and something new happens. But Tom, to this to to our point earlier, I know that when we were talking about the price of games on new consoles, uh, we were all going to be a little bit more. Well, at least Dan was going to be more objective in his purchasing of games, which yeah, he did yeah. not hold to. Um, this is <laughs> it was worth, it was ten or less than it was meant to be. This is worth full price. There are certain games that are worth full price and i've said that Mm. about uh, games in past generations too like uncharted games which are like maybe seven to nine hours long worth full price because of the production value oh yeah yeah yeah. this game from start to finish is just non-stop fan service and production and i was really concerned when they reintroduced the ratchet or kit mini games where you had to use those orbs to kind of manipulate these little puzzles I don't remember which game it was. It was maybe uh, Crack in Time or Into the Nexus where they had just too many of those. Crack in Time. Yeah, this one did not have that. I think there were maybe three sections of it. But then you have the these mini games where you play as a, a uh, tiny microchip computer and you go in and you bust up viruses in, in uh, tiny computers. It's just there's so many fun aspects to this game that it's just it's great. Do you know what else I really like? So Ratchet has always had different armor to buy, but on this one you can customize the armor so you can get different helmets, different chest pieces, yep. and different legs, which has never been done before. And, and what's nice is you don't have to have that armor equipped to take advantage of the bonuses. Yes. Mm. Which is awesome. And you can customize the colors, and you can look, and then you can have Ratchet look different, and you can have Rivet look different. And yep. I didn't do any makes- of that for the first playthrough because I wanted to enjoy the cutscenes as they were meant to be. And also, the hover boots in this one are superb. Yeah. Uh, so can you fun. still skate? You know, like you yep. skate down the rails and stuff? And yep. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there are some the, huge, the odd, huge set pieces that include that, and it's yeah, so this, fun. The one where with there's a giant robot. The like, fixer. That was one of the coolest moments I've seen in gaming in a long time. Mm, it yeah, was awesome. Huh, very nice. I uh, So I know, I, I, if I remember right, Mike, did you recently go through the 2016 Ratchet? 
Nope, I am yet to play a Ratchet and Clank game at all. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, boy, I thought oh you played it. Um, you never played any? Oh, yep. My. Oh only, my god. I've only played a couple. I've played that one from PS4, and I played, I think it was Tools of Destruction. Yeah, so you have a PS3 now, Tom. You need PSP to get one. the PS3 trilogy. You Not the remake, but like Crack in Time, Tools of Destruction, Into the Nexus. Those three are still among... Rift Apart aside, the finest Ratchet and Clank games. Into the yeah, Nexus. Yeah, Ratchet and Clank 3 was the pinnacle of the series for me until this one came along. Which one was that? It was the one where you arsenal? kind of you you had the Q Force and then you had like a hub world, which was a giant spaceship and stuff. Was that up your arsenal? Yeah, it yes. was called up your arsenal in in okay. uh, one country. Ratchet Clank Two was the one the where uh, with the proto pet. That one was quite quite good. Yeah. Locked and loaded no, I, was the other one. I have a, I have a Ratchet and Clank trilogy on my Vita. That's the PS2 game, so isn't it? I assume. Yeah, and those are yes. still worth playing. Hmm. But yeah, Tom. I think I have Nexus. the trilogy on PS3 as well. I'm, I'm sure they gave the trilogy away on PS Plus. Actually, for the PS3 uh, no, I've played three three Ratchet games. I played the one from PS4, Tools of Destruction, which is on PS3, right, Eric? Yep. And Secret Agent Clank on the PSP. Secret Agent Clank is great. Yeah, that's the size matters is okay. It's, that's really short. That's like maybe four hours long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's my, still uh, really good. My least favorite of them all is Deadlocked. I just think it might be. That's just an arena-based game, though. Yeah, it is, and it's strange. I liked the arena in this because it wasn't overly long. There were three yeah. sections with five missions each, and that was it. I liked I liked how they were integrated into it as well. Like how she drops drops through the floor and goes straight yeah. into the arena and thing. It's just cool. A really good game. It it definitely is. I think. But the the storytelling for me was on another level in this one as well. Like kind of it felt more cohesive and like even I watched the movie recently and this had a better story than the movie in my opinion. So the the story itself in this is that Ratchet and Clank are kind of afraid that their little their washed up has-beens and there's this huge parade in their honor for saving Megalopolis and um, Clank has a a gift for him at the end of the parade which was the Dimensionator and that's been you know alluded to throughout the series of the games um, because Ratchet wants to find the other Lombaxes and Clank has finally rebuilt the Dimensionator so that, that Ratchet can travel through the dimensions to find his family or kin. And Nefarious shows up as per and destroys the uh, parade, which the game opens up on a huge set piece as well. A lot of action, very quick, and steals the Dimensionator and essentially starts destroying the dimensions. But then you meet alternate versions of key characters throughout the game in this other dimension and things go to hell really quick but it's really really funny to see alternate versions of each of these people and my favorite one i don't i don't want to spoil but i saw him and i went oh he's so fancy <laughs> just a just a good time yeah it's i'll probably just, play it at some point i just I, I don't have an affinity with the series so it wasn't worth me spending 70 quid on it yeah, i'll definitely I get, get it, it comes down in price oh, just, I, I would, I would next, next time next the, time i um, see you mike i'll just give you it and you can lend it off me if you want yeah, sounds good. I would play the I would play the PS4 one since you can for I think it was on PS Plus or the PS Collection or something. Oh yeah, I definitely own it. I own it, yeah. and it, it's been uh, patched for 60 FPS now as well. So yeah, yeah it looks that, so good. that's amazing. Like if you like that, I mean, yeah. And and I had never played a game prior to that. I played Tools of Destruction after that. 
So, so one thing about that is that they've got the performance RT mode, they've got uh, performance mode and fidelity mode, and and same with intermission or whatever the hell it's called. I don't understand how anybody would consciously make a choice to play in fidelity mode over performance mode on these new consoles. I just don't understand how because it's almost unplayable in my mind to throw Ratchet on and be in thirty frames a second. Like you just can't do it. Yeah. But I think yeah, they look, I, keep- I think they look equally as good in the 60 fps mode for yeah. the most part and yeah i mean I, I i keep swapping over because i'm i am replaying because obviously as part of integrate you like eric said you know you get the fidelity mode and the performance mode for final fantasy 7 remake and i am playing i'm replaying remake because i haven't replayed it yet um and mm-hmm. every now and again just to when i get to like an area that i know is really pretty or anything like that, i won't do it on any battles but any areas that i know is really stunning or pretty or anything like that I, I will change over to the fidelity mode just to have a look and it looks amazing like like boosting up to that 4k because it's true 4k um rather than the up of the original and it looks gorgeous looks so good like the character models even just looking at cloud's sword on his back and everything everything looks amazing but once you've seen it running at 60 going a bit down to 30 almost makes you want to vomit like it's i mean like bad. as in it makes you kind of feel a bit ill because it's kind of it looks like it's stuttering once you've seen it Mm. in 60 but and yeah it's so, I, I, it's you know, so buttery just, smooth Final well, i remember the transition no. from 30 to 60 the first time i played a game in that and i i had motion sickness a little bit I'm like this is too smooth and kind of had to get your 60 fps legs kind of mm. like with vr i mean the interesting thing is final fantasy 7 remakes performance mode actually plays at a lower resolution if you watch um digital foundry's video on it i played the original I played the original version, Final Fantasy VII Remake, on a PS4 Pro, uh, yep. which had upscaled 4K and was at 30 FPS. Now, the performance mode of the PS5 version actually has a lower resolution than what I played on the PS4 Pro. But because it's running at that 60 FPS, it, it's still like I'm still having an improved experience, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's I, definitely I, the best way to play that game now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, these yeah. performance RT modes that Insomniac's adding to their games—they they added it for—they um, added it after they'd released as well. They added it for Miles. They added it for Spider-Man Remastered. They've now added it for Ratchet. Um, like somebody needs to take a leaf from their book and bring in these bring in these modes that you know you're getting the 60 FPS, but you're also still getting the ray tracing. Because you guys need to try 120. <laughs> yeah. You're sorry. You guys need to try 120. They put 120 into Warzone. The problem yeah. is that a lot of times, in order to much. properly hit 120, you have to turn HDR off. Which yeah, it's like yeah. I'm not sure I'm willing to make that compromise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's the thing. But my God, yeah, the the <laughs> jump from 60 to 120, like oh, I almost okay. have stopped because I know I, I like the the some of the PC titles I have do run in 120, but I sometimes try not to because. It, I don't want to get that effect that we all got from 60 to 30. Yeah. I don't want to go back to 60 and be like, oh, it doesn't flow well. I mean, it's <laughs> so it's oh, we're always trying to play catch up. But yeah, I'm with yeah. you guys on entirely on like performance uh, over fidelity because you just it's hard going back. It's hard going back to 30. I feel like the jump from 60 to 120 is not as no noticeable as 30 to 60 yeah 30 to 60 is a huge is huge like it's it should hopefully be the standard when i was always given the choice on um ps4 pro i was always going fidelity and that's just because i was like 
I've paid for the 4K TV. I'm going to have <laughs> yeah. this in 4K. I and now I look that. back and I'm like, no, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand that. Like when you buy a new TV, uh, you want to see that see that improvement. Like seeing it is just makes more sense when, than feeling it when you're when you've got this brand new sparkly uh, um, HDR TV. I, I completely understand that. But yeah, performance all the way. And like like Dan said, like it's it's getting to the point now where sometimes it can be hard to even see the difference because of this like performance RT and what Insomniac do and other developers. I think Naughty Dog did a pretty good job with uh, Last of Us Two as well, offering different um, different options. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always been with 30 FPS, 60 FPS. I honestly couldn't tell the difference. Like, I don't know if I'd just never seen oh, it properly. Really? But when once I got the PS5 and I saw it on PS5 games, I was like, wow, that yeah. looks so mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Where I first and, uh, noticed it is when I fired up um, the Last of Us remake just to see a game in 60 FPS and then kind of oh, fl- yeah. plot back between the two and went, oh, okay. 30 yeah, is I, bad. I never played Last of Us at, at 30. I didn't play it on the PS3. First time oh, I played it was the remastered version. I still refuse to replay it. I'll just hold it at that. Yeah. It does yeah. still work because I I've re, I replayed it before the second one came out and replayed it with Hazel. And yeah, it still holds up, dude. Like, it still hits. Mm. If anything, well, if anything for me, knowing like the end of the story and everything like that, I feel like it was actually more impactful. Well, allegedly they're actually remaking it. So, oh. Who knows? Nice. I, I don't uh, know. A couple, couple more games came out that I picked up that I want to, I want to talk about. Um, one of them uh, really hurt my fantasy league. Real hurt, really hurt it. <laughs> Dropped me down ten points, and I'm a little upset about that because I have spent quite a bit of time with it now. And Mike, you're going to say this is user bias, but I'm just going to say this is one that reviewers got wrong. It. I'm only saying it's a wind you up, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm talking, of course, about Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance. This one, the reviewers got wrong. Flat out got wrong. Am I saying it's it's game of the year, 10 out of 10? No. But you look anywhere and most people are like, it's bad. IGN give it a 4. Bad. And there's other places. It's averaging between 4 and 6. That is incorrect on every level because what Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance is is it's a game for people who wanted a game from the early 2000s and that's exactly what they've got they have a an iteration on a hack and slash game which let's face it that that genre aside from Diablo is a very niche genre uh, how many people do you know actually grew up playing Baldur's Gate and Champions and Norath and and games like that. I mean, I only know one other person that I grew up with that played those games. So they weren't, even those weren't wildly popular in their day in reviews. But um, so I was really skeptical going into this and I tried not to let the reviewer bias kind of affect my judgment on it. And well, I can see some of the criticisms and, and, and say, you know what, that is warranted. It is not a bad game. I am having an absolute blast. I probably played for three, four straight hours yesterday. Um, The way that they have set this game up is very similar to Minecraft Dungeons. And I was initially kind of turned off with, okay, 
they're changing too much about it. The traditional hack and slash was boom, let's go into a dungeon. We're going to pick up all this loot and we're going to go through our menus and we're going to swap out our, our sword and our, our armor on the fly. And then I'm going to upgrade my points when it's available. And you can't do that. Everything's around a central hub world called the camp. And you go to this map and you say, I want to go to this mission now. And then you teleport to the mission. Once you're in the mission, you are locked in with what you've got for your armor and your your stat points. And anything that you collect within there gets teleported back to town. And you don't even get to look at it until you're back to town, which I was kind of annoyed at at first. But then you stop and think about it. It's like, you know what? This actually then just encourages me to focus on the level and the mission and the gameplay, which the combat is exceptionally fun. It's janky, but it's exceptionally fun. Um, there's a, a hidden character, a famous character within the, the Dungeons and Dragons world called Dritz de Erden, and he's this, this shadow thief uh, type elf. And I'm playing through as him, and it's very, very, very fast-paced, similar to Is how- he the one that was unlockable on Baldur's Gate? Yeah. yeah. So he is one of the main characters in here, and uh, extremely fast-paced. It, it feels a little bit like if Dark Souls didn't require so much strategy it's your heavy attack your light attack but um, different combinations combos blocks parries reposts things like that Uh, i'm having an absolute blast with this and the one downside to it is that it is kind of boring when you're playing solo so you just hop into an online lobby and and play with other people and the game becomes instantly more fun because you can team up and do team attacks um, it is unfortunately instanced loot, so you can't steal other people's loot. <laughs> but, uh, when you go back to the hub world, you can replay the missions and you can choose a different tier of difficulty. So if you want to go back in and earn better loot, you can. You pick up these things called crystals that you can use to upgrade your no, equipment. You don't want you one can... of them, believe me. <laughs> but what if she's fake and you built her? <laughs> I don't know. I... It, I don't want to drag too much on about it. Like, I'm extremely pleased with it. It's not perfect. For example, the combat, the jankiness of it comes with the fact that you fight in a straight line. So if you start pressing your attack button, he, he'll move, he'll take steps forward as he's attacking. And it's, a, it's an animation that you can't interrupt. So you can't, like, track somebody and follow them around as you're attacking them. So if somebody if you hit someone and they die and you just keep pressing the button you're going to kind of like attack your way out of combat and you have to stop turn around and attack somebody else so it is a little bit linear in that aspect but i don't have too many gripes and complaints it's it's buggy it doesn't look good like it looks like a ps4 game um Hmm. but i don't know i think that this is a case of people that didn't grow up with the games are reviewing it and saying I don't like this because I'm comparing it to games that I've played now and think it should be this, and it's not that. The the thing is, though, Eric, that is reviewing in general. It's all subjective, and you know you you have to you have to review games. You know, this is always the struggle of you know. I know Tom, you're not a massive fan of points based systems, and you know I'm I'm kind of on a I I kind of half agree with you, but I do think there is a place in the world for points based systems as well, but. You know, every time you review a game, you are reviewing it at the time it came out to the things that have come before it and 
are in some ways the things that are likely to come after it that's not as important but you know the things that people are playing right now and the stuff that came before it you have to review them against that because what are you comparing against otherwise but you have to you have to have someone who understands the genre what the game has set out to be like I'm not an MMO person. Don't give me an MMO to review because I'm going to make some stupid fucking comments that make no sense and probably detract from the overall uh, point of the game. And I feel like with a lot of the reviews that I've read, that's the case. You look at yeah, the score, yeah. you look at the, the people who have given it a positive review, like PC Gamer, they gave it an 82%. They said, it's yeah, it, it's not perfect, but it's for those who grew up with it. It's a nostalgia trip. For people who they they long for the 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 golden days of hack and slash, which that's what this is. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, it it needs to be a little bit more objective in that. Where and I think that when we were doing Voldemort Towers and and even with Mana Tank, we were very objective in that. Like, who's going to review this? Who has a history with this game? Yeah. And unfortunately, I feel like we've just hit a point with reviewers. Like, all right, you do this one, you do this one, you do this one, and they don't stop and think about. All right. You are 20. You were born when the first series of these games came out. You might not be the best person to be reviewing this if you haven't played... Like, not saying you need to grow up with a game to have an objective and an honest, valid opinion on it, but if there's someone out there who has played them and has followed those and has a history with that style of game, maybe they're a better person to be reviewing it. Yeah, they do They do still do this and with genres especially in like uh, ign and stuff like if you look at people that review madden and fifa the you probably won't, rec- won't recognize the names because they're not often f- reviewing uh stuff that you may more frequently play um they, they tend to like um they'll go with certain people it's like uh at ign like ryan mccaffrey will do like a lot of xbox stuff like xbox exclusive stuff because he's like the xbox guy but he must so he's not, not going to be commenting have much on, work bless him <laughs> so he's not going to be commenting on like you know he's not going to be reviewing the first party exclusive you know even though he could probably do a perfectly fine job it's just um yeah there's got to be some some uh um yeah there's got to be some attachment to the series or genre for for you to be able to give a, a, an effective judgment like i would want to know what um I, don't know, I can't think of a name right now but like say if there was someone take this example like the 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 dungeon crawl if i if if i want to know um should i play this dungeon crawler then i'm gonna f- look to a reviewer that uh, actually plays and enjoys dungeon crawl dungeon crawlers right yeah it, you know i'm gonna ask if i was picking up a champions of norath game um then i would ask you eric i wouldn't ask mike you know what i mean like it's even just as simple as that yeah um sorry mike it's just like I, i'm not you know i know you don't really no. yeah. no, you know it makes sense it yeah. makes I sense, sense. But this was, i don't know I if you guys will remember my huge rant about reviews i had when death stranding but before i'd even played death stranding and i went on about how you know don't just necessarily take reviews at face value you yeah. know read read an array of reviews from different people and if you can try and find people that you know you're gaming uh you know the way you game aligns with like yeah um you know there's certain people at ign when i see that they've written a review and i know that my because i listen to their podcasts i know that my gaming tastes align with them yeah. you know i listen to the ign podcast I, you know i talk about i listen to the kind of funny podcast i know for example my gaming tastes kind of are a combination of two of the guys on there so yeah, if yeah. i listen to their reviews i usually you know i can listen to both of them review 
And when one of them says, well, I like this game because of this, and he's like, well, I don't like it because of this, I'll listen to the things they like and dislike, and I'll go, actually, I probably will like that. Um, mm. You mm. know, and trying to try to find that kind of thing for yourself. Like, you know, you use the example of Champs Nora if you go to Eric said to me. Yeah, try and find that. But the other thing as well, Eric, if you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. That's the main thing. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you said that you read a review from PC Gamer, the things that they like about it, you ended up liking. And you've read the reviews where you've read an IGM re- review where it's like giving it a four and you've read it and go, well, they're the, th- the things they've slated it for. I actually quite like, even though I can see the failings of the game. Prime example for me at the moment, I've been, unjo- I, I randomly bought Avengers recently. I know that game gets a lot of shit and don't get me wrong. That game has a lot of fucking problems, right? But I finally got it because I was on about before. Some reviews I listen to, I align with what they like about it. I heard one of them bang on about it for so long. I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to give it a go. Picked it up secondhand. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. It's got problems, but I've for ages been going, Ugh, that reviews of that have not been good. I'm not even going to bother trying. And now I've tried it. I'm like, actually, I really fucking enjoyed this. Well, and I, I damn near returned it based off the reviews when I got it. I'm like, I don't like, do I really have the time to play a game that is probably going to be extremely bad? But then I stopped and thought about it and said, you know what? No, I grew up playing these D&D style games. I love this world. I want to revisit it. And it has been an absolute nostalgic trip to be back in this world of Icewind Dale and seeing these locations and the animation or the the characters and the enemies. There's a there's a level where you have to go and invade a giant Verbeeg camp and there's a huge cinematic cutscene at the beginning where they are sitting around a campfire playing obnoxious music and and talking about whether or not they want to eat these people that they've captured and how it's gonna like one of them's like no i can't stand the gray ones they caused me to shit my pants and just like (laughs) really over the top characterizations of these enemies but as you're playing through the level you can hear their music getting closer and and as you get closer to me like this big battle's about to happen and then boom it happens and i don't know i i think it's extremely fun um it's not perfect. If I were to give this a score, if like if you held a gun to my head and said, give this a score, it would be a seven or an eight from me just because I have that history with it. There are definitely failings. I think that they're, for example, one thing that drives me absolutely fucking nuts when you die, if you are the, the so if you're playing solo, when you die, unless you have um, hit a checkpoint. So when you hit certain battles, a, a thing comes up called uh, time to rest. You can either rest and restock your, your um, consumables like potions or you can choose to increase the rarity of the loot moving forward it's probably in your best interest to just increase the rarity of the loot because you can pick up potions as you go but if you die you go all the way back to the beginning of that dungeon the enemies don't respawn but you go back to the beginning so if you're playing in a group online with four people and you are the host and you die you teleport all the way back to the beginning even if you're right at the very end And then, because there is this weird distance gate, it then teleports everybody back to you. So there are some weird hiccups that that I think can be patched out. But yeah, when you're playing solo and you die and you have to just retrace your steps through, it is a bit annoying. But I don't think any of that detracts from the overall enjoyment of the game. The thing is as well, like, I, I realized, you know, Factory Seal side quests, it, it, it's an offshoot of Factory Seal uh, retro gaming. And you know, in the retro gaming space, there's a lot of collectors, people like physical media and everything like that. So, you know, I've realized I might be talking to the wrong audience here, but things like this is also a good reason. Why, like, obviously, you can still get your physical media as it stands, but, you know, this is a good thing for um, subscription services. Um, you know, things yeah. like Game Pass, 
PS Now and things like that. You know, if you are already subscribed to those, so Dark Alliance is on there. Now, Eric, if you realize these bad reviews, if say you had an Xbox or even did it with the PC version. I had an got, Xbox for 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying though, like you could go on there, you can try it. You know, say you'd got it, it was still sealed and you didn't want to keep it if it was shit. Game Pass or PS Now or whatever is there. Go on and try it. Don't like it. Okay, I'll return it. I'll save some money. The other thing too, this is a $40 game. I feel like people reviewed it thinking this is a full seventy price, seventy dollar game. It's not. It's a forty dollar game. Adjust your your you know expectations accordingly. Well, I mean so. that's another thing that like needs to be looked at with reviews as well because obviously a lot of reviewers, especially for the big sites, they they get codes for games all the time. You know they don't generally pay for their games at all, not just necessarily the ones they're reviewing. And you know they they need to keep they need to bear that in mind when they're reviewing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's actually the most important thing um, because the entire point of the review is uh, to answer the question from the reader, which is, should I buy this game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so it's like, it's the whole, the whole thing. So yeah, it's definitely something they have to keep. I really keep like in mind. Polygons. And now that we've got a very, now that we've got a much more varied pricing structure on, on the retail space. And we remember, remember this from the PS4 days with when Ratchet and Clank launched. Remember, that was £40 in the UK when it came out. Yeah. And, you know, I would have happily paid uh, the the standard RRP for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it is worth... If, 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 if a game is not fully priced in terms of the, the traditional standard, then uh, a review should, should, should look into that. Should look into that. Should take that into account. I agree. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. So, I mean, if you like mm. hack and slash style games, if you like the Forgotten Realms, 100% get it. It's 40 bucks. Well, You're not going to be disappointed. I was going to jump in and play it with you because I heard it had cross-play, but it's, it's just cross-play between PC and Xbox. So. Yep. Because it's not like, this is, for example, this is one of those ones that's on Game Pass. I would, I would have definitely played it with you. It's not likely something I'll play by myself. I've got it downloaded, but whether I jump into mm. it or not, I don't know. But Yeah, I'm not sure know. you would necessarily enjoy it by yourself. Mm. It's, it's fun playing solo. I was just chatting with a random dude that I was playing with. The downside is that he didn't understand. Don't skip the goddamn cutscenes because I haven't played it, even though I told him. Um, you weren't I playing with to... Steph, were you? It might have been. But... <laughs> Was it a random online? Just a random online. I opened up my room because I just wanted to try the online play before we came on to talk about it. And it definitely okay. made the game more enjoyable. So, huh. um, But uh, speaking of online play, the other game I want to quickly talk about that I picked up, I hemmed and hawed over it for a couple weeks after Mike showed it to me i watched a bunch of video reviews and uh boy i have never been so happy to have spent 40 dollars on a game um chivalry 2 no idea where this came from but my god it's like these developers got together and said let's make a game specifically for eric it is 64 player online only medieval combat (laughs) <laughs> That's all it is. It's 32 on 32 objective-based medieval combat with uh, long swords, axes, pikes, halberds, bow and arrows, catapults, trebuchets, siege, um, exploding shit. It is everything I've wanted in an online combat game. It is not the best in any stretch of the imagination, but what it lacks in polish, it makes up for in sure uh entertainment you can 
cut people's heads off and use that as a weapon. You can cut people's arms off. You can put dead bodies in a catapult and launch them at a tower that you have to siege. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this because it's just downright goofy. Christy was watching me play my first online battle and she's like, this is insane. And it's a it's as ridiculous as it sounds. Just a big open medieval battlefield with people running towards each other and there's friendly fire that you cannot turn off so if you swing your sword wrong you're cutting your own teammates head off and 100% my game right there but I played an objective based (laughs) mission where one team has to carry this caravan through this forest and a series of military checkpoints that the defenders are trying to obviously stop you from getting to the keep and blowing down the door to then go murder the duke but each section has a time limit in which you have to progress through it and it's kind of like battlefield 4 um i don't remember what their their term for it was but the the map changes based on the objective and and who pushes through or who defends it and i got to the end of it it was about a 35 minute battle and you're you end like 50 60 kills so when you die your teammates can respawn you or your teammates can revive you or you can respawn and then you just charge back into battle and, and start hacking and slashing again. But um, got to the end of it went, God damn, that's fun. Because you get up to this castle and you've got trebuchets and catapults that you're tossing rocks on. And the enemy retreats back into the keep and they're up on the ramparts with bow and arrows and they're hucking rocks at you and exploding oil barrels down onto the, the, the group of people trying to siege the front door. Like everything you've seen in a medieval uh, medieval movie, this is that in a video game. How much is this? 40 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. Is this another one of those instances where you bang on about Wreckfest and it's not actually that great? You're just <laughs> dumb because Wreckfest is fucking gaudy. Uh, you see, I Dan tried Wreckfest when it was free on PS Plus. Mm, you guys just, just another racing game, dude. You know what? I get it. I respect it, but you're wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I was I'll really just concerned. A look at Chivalry. It doesn't look for me. Like. I, I was really concerned because it they they got they load the game and they went it is highly recommended and they capitalized and italicized and made it bigger highly recommend doing the tutorial and i went fine and the very first (laughs) thing the very first thing is that they have you walk forward and there's this really obnoxious overly aggressive like fake military sounding dude yelling at you and he's like (laughs) You need to read the instructions. You know how to read, don't you? And it tells you to press the start button, and I press it. He's like, good. I'm glad to see that you're not a complete idiot, and you know how to read the controls. So take a minute and read over these controls. And I'm sitting there thinking, Jesus, this is Mike Tyson right here, just yelling into my ear. Congratulations, you're that. able to read. But the combat system's extremely complex, and I was really concerned during the the tutorial that's like, maybe this is to simulation like they they have you go all through all these motions where like you've got your your different attacks you've got your light attack then you've got your your swing you've got an overhead you've got a stab you can parry Uh, there's a whole bunch of really complex systems like if you swing and then rotate your character you actually increase your chance of hitting a person first and like this is going to be really hard to do in online combat. I need to remember how to do this. And I got into online combat and nobody fucking does it. It's just hack slash cut people, stab, <laughs> light people on fire, cut heads off. That's all it is. Nobody it sounds like to- one of those games where the fun online is kind of um, opposite to what they wanted, but everyone's made their own fun. 
Yeah. And every, you've got a battle cry, so whenever anybody dies and then charges back into battle, you press square, and they're just like, yeah! And they're just charging into battle with just stupid sayings. It's... I don't know. I love it. It's a great See, palate I, cleanser. I would, I would play it if they uh, put the ticks battle cry in. And just come in going, spoon! That'd work for me. I don't think they're going to do that. Why not? Tick DLC. That's what you want. Maybe. But there is some customization, too. You can unlock and upgrade different weapons and armor classes. And um, the skill gap between the worst players and the best players is not that high. So, you know, you can be a mediocre player and still have a good time. You can be terrible and still have a great time because at the end of the day, you're swinging a sword in a group of people. You're going to hit someone. <laughs> Might be seven of your own people, but you're going to hit someone. <laughs> uh, that works nice. perfectly for you, then. Yeah. Trying to ruin your, uh, your you can pick time. up. You can pick up heads and throw them at people as weapons. You can pick up chickens and bread and... Yeah. Um, Dan, uh, quickly, because I know we haven't played that much of it, but I uh, introduced you to It Takes Two the other day. You did? And it's yeah, lovely. Have... What a yeah, fun I've... game. So, inve- so inventive, so really, really cool mechanics. We just had such a good time with that. I'm looking forward to playing more. Yeah, we need to we need to get, get some more time on that. But um, just kind of from my side... Um, you know, and this is no offense to Hazel, I've already insulted her several times on this episode. But um, you know, playing through that with Hazel and then playing it through with Dan has been kind of like a night and day experience. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed myself with Hazel, but having to kind of ferry someone who's very exper- inexperienced with games through it and you know, the short section that I've played with Dan where I'm not having to look after him at the same time. Um my enjoyment of the game, I mean I loved it the first time, but like it's through the roof now. And that game I'd still think, even though I've not finished it the second time yet, I still think that game's a fucking masterpiece. It's so good. If you've got someone to play that with, fucking play that game. Tom, do you wanna play it with it's me? So good. It takes two. It takes two. Um, I'm supposed to be playing it with cat. Do you have it? <laughs> Has she opened Animal Crossing yet? Uh, the problem is like uh so I really want to play the game, but um I need to buy a second DualSense controller. So that plus t- it takes two is quite the financial investment, but I just need to go ahead and do so it. So if Eric's got it, it takes two, you can play it with him for free, and he's already got his own DualSense. I know, I know. But then I'm actually, like a long-distance like cat. And plus he's probably likely to play it with you rather than not bother. No, Cat will definitely play it. It's just um, how good... <laughs> do you have well, to yeah, be? Mike Mike played through it with Hazel and all through the time we were playing with it he was going my god I can't believe how quickly we've got through this <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair though right because the two characters the parts that you go through they're given different abilities and different sections to do so like there's one section that me and Dan played through where he's got like a bow and arrow sort of thing I can't remember exactly what it what it is it's bloody a safety pin and something isn't it and nails and his character Cody has to use that to attach platforms in time whilst the other character May is doing the platforming and there's quite a bit of intricate jumping and because I played as Cody the first time I'm playing as May now because obviously I I thought well I'll give myself a different experience and there was bits where I was doing all the jumping that Hazel did before and Dan was like how the fuck did Hazel do all this with her experience oh man (laughs) yeah I'm gonna see if cat how cat how serious cat wants to wants to play it because if not then I'll just it was it was tough with Christy we got through about the first two levels and it was yeah 
yeah. there, there is some intricate stuff. Yeah, but because uh, like, like Dan cause... said, you you just download the friend pass and that yeah. gives you the game. As long as the other person's got a copy, you don't have to buy it. That's that's really yeah. It's a bit like uh, a way out, whatever it was called. Um, Same devs actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, because we played um, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Nice. Two player. And we got, yeah, really, really good. I'm playing it on my own now. So spoilers for this story. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we got as far as um, towards the end of the, I think it's World 2, maybe like the, the desert world. Oh, it um, doesn't get easier after that. Yeah, it was like, oh, this is starting to get tricky. And it was even getting tricky for me just because of the whole, like, if one person goes too far, they're at the edge of the screen and you can't make the jump because they haven't caught up. Um, and the other thing was, um, there's, I don't, I don't think you can turn it off either. You can't turn off the collision sort of detection between, uh, the, 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 between the two players. So if you're sharing a platform, you're like, yo, I need you to get move back so I can do the jump. Or when someone can... dies, there's a little like momentary pause. Yes. Oh, you want to, so you want an exercise in patience, play that with three other children. Oh my god! But that pause—you're exactly right. That pause is really irritating. Um, so yeah, that, but but otherwise though, I mean, I'm playing on my own now, and I'm just you know having a good time with it. It's it's fantastic. I yeah. such man. an underrated Mario 2D Mario. Yeah. So underrated. I'm really enjoying it. I want to still want to grab 3D World. I just haven't got around to it yet. But that one I really want. That I'll one play I'd like 3D to play. World with you. Yeah, awesome. Okay, we'll do that. Guys, should we get to some of the E3 stuff? I mean, I, I know we're not going to yeah. cover it as in-depth as a lot of other shows have, but I feel like we at least need to touch, can touch on, on it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I'll, I'm going to be upfront and honest, like I said at the beginning. I did not watch much. I watched a lot of the key moments. I tried to rewatch some of the major stream events. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the Summer Games Fest, the Bethesda ones. Um, but outside of that, I this is the first summer where I just didn't have the warm and fuzzies about E3 like I've had in the past. I, I'm, I have to say I'm the same. This is the first time I've really, I, like they happened. You guys uh, like talked about them and I, it just passed me by. Like I caught up on a few, I watched Devolver. I caught some of the highlights of others. Um, I got a lot of my information from you guys, to be honest. Uh, it was just, <laughs> it was just one of those things. I don't know why, but I normally so hyped for, um, for for all these uh for all these conferences and stuff but no it just really passed me by so i look forward to to talking about some of it i just feel like there's so many now as well it's like yeah that's you, it can, there's like can you be bothered quantity. to do like i just i miss the days when you had nintendo you had sony you had xbox right <laughs> yeah, that's all you yeah. had to watch you know yeah. <laughs> Before we go into like kind of like like Harry said, we're not going to go through conference by conference and game by game. But like before we go into like the stuff that we liked, you saying there's so many. This this is a big point that I wanted to make on this. Now, a conference to me, um, you know, whether it's E3 or now we, now we have the Summer Game Fest stuff, you know, which I to, which I want to say as well. That Game Fest opening kickoff show that was fucking great. Jeff Keighley did an awesome job yeah, with that. But um, one of the things I wanted to bring up was. There, there are many different ways you can do a conference and the way that people grade them. You know, there's, there's people come out of conferences and because it wasn't, hasn't shown a big game you wanted to see, they'll go, oh, that was shit that was. But 
in my mind, there's two ways you can go down, and I've got some perfect examples of this. When you've got these game conferences, because I, I love these game showcases. Whenever there's a Direct coming out, or a State of Play, or Microsoft has something, or or just, or just like Ubisoft have those forward things now, I love watching them. Whether like there's not that much on there that like I personally want, I just love watching them, because I love seeing new games. I love keeping up with what's going on. But I think there's two ways to do a good show. You either do the whole, right, we've got a load of amazing games to show, and we're going to go game, 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 like the Nintendo directors and yep. like Xbox sort of did. You know, they had like, they had talking heads in between, but it was very short and concise. But if you haven't got like a fuck ton of really great games to show, you can do the other side of the conference, which is what Devolver Digital did, where actually Devolver Digital's conference, they only showed a handful of games. There wasn't many there at all, but they did yeah. a whole like, they did their typical thing where they do kind of like a bit of a story and a running... Um, like a running narrative through the show and like the entire thing's an absolute joke to them. And, you know, they they showed, what, what was Devolver Digital? What, four or five games, I think they showed? It was about five games. Was yeah. that? Yeah, in, in, a, in a 20 to 30 minute show, but you were wanting to watch the entire show with it. So, mm-hmm. But then you can, you, have the like ones- you can go the other end of that extreme and do like what Koch Media did and like, here's two and a half hours of just oh, absolute Christ. fucking garbage. And in that two yep. and a half hours, there's what, like seven minutes of gameplay? Yeah, and this this is the point I'm about to get to because obviously when you have the ones that are just games, 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 you can still kind of come out of that going, well, that was a bit shit because nothing appealed to you. But I think, I think a lot of them with that, you need to go, if you have a conference of, say, 10 games, they're not wanting all 10 of those games to to be loved by every single person. If they come out of there and each person enjoyed two or three things, I think that's what they're targeting. But this is the point, the major point I was getting to. If you don't have a great show in the first place and or you don't have anything to show, don't do a fucking conference. I am talking to you majorly, Koch Media, which I didn't watch in the end. I just got the, the you know, I, I saw what actually happened, but I, I didn't watch it all. But I'm talking to you especially. Media? I think it's Koch. I, I want to say cock well. media because it's it cock media crotch. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking <laughs> especially to Square Enix, Capcom, Gearbox, and Capcom. Because seriously, like they had a couple of things, they had a couple of things within those things to show. But the, Jesus Christ, there was no need for all of those. The especially problem with Gearbox, Gearbox like, though. Like fucking Gearbox. 20% no, sorry, 20 minutes of that like half hour conference was Randy Pitchford, who I fucking hate anyway wandering around the movie set of the Borderlands film, sweating, getting too close to people, not wearing a mask, talking to people who clearly didn't want to be there, including Chris Rock at the end, who clearly just didn't want to be stood there talking to Randy Pitchford. And there was nothing. There was no fucking substance whatsoever. And the main game they showed on that, which they opened with, was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which had already been revealed at the Summer Game Fest kickoff show. There was literally, and yes, literally, zero point to that gearbox conference that's the main problem that i've had with that i had with e3 (laughs) or whatever the hell we call this collection of streams this summer is that it feels like we were just shown the same shit on three different streams over and over and it's like why are we like what they did with far cry when they finally got to that like well we've already seen the best parts of this in a different stream why are we seeing this again you're always you're always going to see like the heavy hitters even from somebody like ubisoft probably at sony or xbox so it's like why are you doing it again 
So everybody's now feeling as like well. they, they can. They do their forwards several times a year now. So there's their their conference was fine. It was it was okay. Like there, there was you know if I had to rate it, it'd be you know fair to Midland. But you know there, there was a point to to some of it. But there was like you said, Dan. Far Cry was shown elsewhere. Like it was shown at the Xbox conference. And which you know would have had a lot more eyes on it, and was a much better conference as well. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I don't like using the terms such and such one e three, but Xbox did this year. Let's face it, and I think especially with someone like Gearbox, which is the one I'm definitely hammering down on here, this is the first time there's a, I think there's ever been a Gearbox e three thing, and I think they just went, oh right, well we've got a chance to do it, let's fucking do it, and just there was no substance, no substance at all. See, for me, I just kind of watch E3 for the cringe and there wasn't that much this year. So I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> but um, yeah, any games particularly stand out for you guys? Because obviously I know you guys didn't watch it all, so... Uh, I mean, I've, flipping I've, I've, Elden Ring, son! Obviously for Elden me? Ring is, is going to be up there. Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderland, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, so pumped about that. So um, unreasonably excited. I th- really three games really stuck out. Uh, I'm I'm incredibly excited for, and this is Mike sent me this. If, uh, so then I went on I went on a whole thing to read about it and watch everything I could. Uh, a game called Replaced. Yes, um, that looks, that so looks awesome. Cool. I'm in for that one. I don't like, think I've seen yeah. that one yet. Who's that by? All in. Uh, you have to uh, just just uh, find the trailer replaced. if you can. Yeah, just replace. If you type in oh, that, that no R style. Had, um, I actually already had something pulled up for it because I wanted to talk about it in a bit. But there you go. Um, yeah, that one. Uh, another one that Mike mentioned, a musical story. Um, I think I'm pretty keen on that as a dev- a dev- uh, devolver. Um, mm. And Trek to Yomi. Did you guys see that one? No, it's uh, it's, it's so. basically Ghosts of Tsushima meets Katana Zero. Oh, I um, did see that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Katana Zero cool. was great. I just I I'll put the trailer in in the chat. Um, just so if you guys want to like, Have you guys uh, heard that apparently they're going to do like kind of a Uncharted Lost Legacy with Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah, that's the rumor. I'll be all over that. I'll oh, be yeah. all over that for sure, guys. But yeah, that 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 replaced looks amazing it's almost like it's like a cyberpunk in kind of a it, yeah. well, it's not quite 16 bit is it quick like sort of pixelated 16 bit pixel art but it's you're, like you're playing as an ai that, type. yeah 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 you're playing as an ai <laughs> that's found itself stuck inside like a human being and it just mm-hmm. oh it looks incredible yeah really, tom yeah, i'm in is. for that i'm in for track do you want me that looks what good. about like, vocabulantis yeah. the stop motion video game oh that was one i wanted to bring up as well yeah fucking oh awesome. i think i've seen this one so I just bre- a very brief sidetrack was uh, uh, Mike f- uh, used this uh, recommended this service for tracking uh, games. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what it's called. G- GG. Yeah. GG. Yes, the GG app. Um, and uh, GG. Yeah, GG. Yeah, I've started using it, and I noticed that I noticed Mike that you'd added this game to your list. Mm-hmm. So that was the only reason I know about it, but I know nothing about it. So. Yeah, I'd love to hear Watch more. this little video. It's what the, it? it's the making of a stop motion video game. It's unbelievable the amount of effort that has gone. And it's like you look at something like Nightmare Before Christmas and how mm. much time is needed to make that. Like, how do you translate that into a video game? I thought oh the exact God. same about Cuphead. Like, that must have taken so long to put together. Jeez. Yeah. I guess it was hand wasn't it? But yeah, the Vocabulantis um, 
it was at Day of the Devs, which by the way, if you if you haven't watched many of the streams, if you want to watch a whole stream, the Day of the Devs stream was amazing. It was so good. But um, mm. the Vocabulantis stuff on there, it had a real nice combination of showing off the game and um, a bit of sort of developer talking about it. But it was interesting because, by the way, I'm looking at you, fucking Capcom, <laughs> with your uh, deep dive. Was it Capcom? That deep dives into the fucking Ace Attorney stuff? Or was that... Was uh, Capcom, was that isn't it? How yeah, much shit Capcom. do we need to read? About, yeah, but anyway, yeah, they had a really nice mix of showing the game off and then the developers showing all the stop motion stuff, which was interesting anyway, because it's an interesting way to make a game. And yeah, the work that they painstakingly put into it is proper actual, you know, like kind of stop motion they put into films where they, they'd slightly move the model and all that jazz. And they've done that within the game, but obviously they've had to, they've had to animate the models. So they've had to do the stop motion record all that and then animate it from there and everything within the game and it's like a co-op thing it's like a boy and a girl like working 2d puzzle platformer thing it looks mm. so good tom right up your street i think i yeah i'm just at the part where they're really showing off um just isolating like the animation and how they how they achieved it and it's like this is very impressive yeah. this is very cool yeah it's definitely one for the shortlist speaking yeah, of things right definitely. up tom street breath of the wild 2 was shown Oh, yes. finally. <laughs> There's some theories about that. <laughs> now, I want to yeah. start off. Is I, th- I think it's very, very interesting that they are releasing Skyward Sword this year, and then they showed off Breath of the Wild 2, which seems to have a load of stuff to do with things in the sky. Mm. It, and yeah. rather than doing the whole, you know, porting... Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, Wind Waker. So I think story-wise, there's going to be a hell of a lot of stuff to do with Skyward Sword. It looks like kind of well, Skyloft it, when it's been destroyed. So correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Skyward Sword the origin point of the legend yes. of Zelda? So yes. could this yeah. not technically then, and this is one of the theories I was loosely reading about where this then brings the circle back around to the beginning and creates this time loop. Well, yeah, people are thinking that this is an emphasis on time. The certain trick, like there's a new power that Link seems to have where he kind of travels upwards as a droplet of water and stuff. But mm-hmm. if you, and then there's another one where he kind of, some spiked balls are coming down a, a mountain and they sort of reverse backwards. Yeah. And then also apparently people have theories about the music being reversed and stuff like that. Kind of like you're going back in time kind of thing. Yeah. Huh. That's a, yeah. And that the entire world is actually encased inside a giant... Like, you can't see it. We don't know yet until things things separate. But the entire world is encased in, a, in an enormous ocarina to, <laughs> to symbolize the time. Jesus Christ, of, Tom. You know, you, know what, you, know, you know what I mean? I think that's where we're going with The Legend of Zelda. And it's an interesting direction. So um, you guys should check out the uh, Nintendo Showcase if you want to hear more downside though on a serious note it's not releasing this year which has fucked me over on my fantasy league oh yeah <laughs> it said 2022 yeah. but that seems optimistic hellblade yeah, 2 got pushed as well sad. yeah just said we'll go into the fantasy league in a bit but uh but yeah no i'm very very excited about that um i i it looks it just looks like more breath of the wild and honestly i'm down for that i'm absolutely down for that so is tom and he's well, you know, I caught N- myself. nintendo had a I c- Sorry, go on. I caught myself. What'd you uh, say? I caught myself seeing if I could find a copy of Breath of the Wild. Oh, 
because I was like, hmm, maybe I'll try it again. Maybe I was wrong. No. Did you get rid of it? Yeah, I don't have it. No, no, I don't have it. (sighs) Flogged it. Absolute sacrilege. Um, But I mean, whilst we're on Nintendo, I I think in general they had a fantastic direct. Um, I mean, another Smash character is always fun. And putting Kazooie in there is, is, mm -hmm. is actually very good because... I think you've got that Street Fighter oh. element in there already with Ryu. Um, and to add like a Tekken character would be very interesting. And I hope you've... I, with these DLC characters, they've, for the most part, they've all kind of had their own sort of style of fighting. Like there was the arms character that, you know, you had a one button that did one arm and one did the other and stuff like that. So <laughs> be interesting to see what they do with Kazuya and if he plays like he actually does in Tekken or whether yeah. he actually feels like a Smash character. I, th- I think they do such a good job uh with the smash dlc characters in terms of how they present them they're always really well done um like uh but the way they introduced kazuya was they kept showing him uh dropping various characters off a cliff edge which is which is awesome because that's what happens in the original like i'm talking like 1997 tekken like the the very first one when you finish the arcade mode as kazuya he takes the the ogre like the or the uh, the last character you Uh, find actually is dead his dad, Heihachi. Yeah, Heihachi, sorry, that's it. And just drops him off the cliff. And he just keeps doing it to all the different different Smash <laughs> characters. It's just funny. It's just what world we're in where he's doing it to like freaking Yoshi and whatnot. And then uh, the very last one, he does Kirby and then walks away and you just see um, Kirby like <laughs> slowly coming up to the top. Like. <laughs> I really like the uh, Sephiroth one as well, though, where he's yeah. st- like, it looked like he stabbed Mario and like um, how he does to yeah. Cloud and Advent Children. But in reality, he just had him through his like dungarees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I said this to you guys. You know, there's that kind of almost painting sort of poster thing, which has all the characters on for Smash Ultimate and obviously has all the new characters out. They add the new one on it. You look at that thing that like there's one more DLC character for Ultimate to come out that needs to be announced yet after Kazuya. But if you look at that and look at actually the characters that are in it, it like it truly shows you how amazing, but also unbelievable yeah it's it smash like ultimate sort of actually is from the from the 2000s where it was like imagine if sega and nintendo were all yeah. and all these other guys were all together in one big game like it looks like fan art at this point it's just kind well, can of you remember back to the first smash when there was like 12 characters or whatever <laughs> yeah was, was there even that many <laughs> i think it was i don't like know 10, or 10 to 12 like, yeah it was very there, small here's another question where the hell do they go from here because there's a lot in there yeah that's a good I point. Actually. I have no idea. I do, how can you? I don't. I don't know how you do a Smash game now without all of these characters. Because the thing is, as well, that yeah. obviously new franchises will always exist and stuff like that. But if they're not getting a franchise for this game now, where do you start again? Because either you're going to have to continue paying the licenses for all of these characters and eventually end up with such a bloated roster that the the <laughs> the, the, the nuance of Smash as a fighting game is a very, very special thing as well. And, and for me, because I'm not massively into fighting games, I, you know, I love Tekken, I love a bit of Mortal Kombat, but I'm, other than that, you know, and I'm very amateurish at them. Smash, when you get a load of you in there and you have the... I, I prefer to play with items on, I know it's sacrilege, but if you get in there and play with items off <laughs> and you literally just your ability as the fighters and all the fighters' techniques and their strengths and their weaknesses and everything like that, it's such a nuanced fighting game and I really do think it's elevated above the rest in such a way because you have such a diverse roster but there is going to get to a point where that roster is going to be so diverse and in a bad way and bloated and what makes smash work as a fighting game you're going to lose yeah 
Yeah. It's a weird Where one. do you start? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know where you start. And um, But it's amazing the work they have to do every time they put a new character in because it's considered like, you know, it's used in, it's an esports game as well. So there's a lot of like nerfing certain characters, trying to get that balance right and make for an interesting game, make sure someone's not too overpowered. Every time a new DLC character comes out, they're always too overpowered and they have to like scale back and yeah, figure Cloud things out. Was, Cloud was pretty, I yeah, know he Cloud wasn't DLC was... though, was he? Yeah, he, he was. was on the Wii U. Yeah. Mm. So, so. Like, for me, one thing I took away from E3 this year is kind of, I thought this would die off as games got more and more visual. Just the abundance of CG trailers which aren't representative of the final product of a game, like, that just pisses me off. Like, Starfield, all CG. Like, no, no it wasn't. That was all that in was engine. In engine. Starfield was in engine. Yeah, but it's not it like, it's, it's not engine. actual gameplay. It's kind of... Real quick... There is a lot of hidden shit in there, apparently, about the location of the next Elder Scrolls game. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, hang on, somebody... Hang on. Tinfoil hat. Do it. <laughs> yep. Go so, on. Bethesda released a tweet afterwards or during or something that says, hey, full 4K version will be available on YouTube uh, after the conference for you to dissect and pick apart frame by frame or something to that effect. And somebody had paused it in just the right spot and saw something on the side of one of the computer consoles that looked vaguely like the map from the Elder Scrolls world. And there, the, the part that they were able to overlay and identify looked like the place that was rumored to be for the upcoming Elder Scrolls 6, which I think was, I think it's elsewhere. Crimden. What? Crimden. Crimden. That sounds wrong. <laughs> it's a really shit seaside <laughs> town near me. <laughs> Here, check this out. So this is what somebody found in one of the consoles. Uh, I think it was... Actually, no, I take it back. I think it's Hammerfell. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it does look a bit like it, doesn't it? But people just finding the weirdest shit within there. And um, I don't know. I'm all on board for Starfield. I'm, I'm glad we finally got to see it. For Todd Howard to come out and say, yep, it's Skyrim in space, I don't need to see anything else. I'm sold. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. To be fair, though, right, the <laughs> Xbox, because obviously it was a combination Xbox and Bethesda showcase, and I, I said already, you know, that, like I said, I hate saying it, but Xbox won E3. Can I take the tinfoil hat now off? Are, are we good? Are we good? No. Are we, are we good? Is there, is there more theories? No, you can leave, just leave it on. Okay. All right. Um, the. Uh, them opening up because they like I said they had a few talking heads on the stage but Xbox opening up with Todd Howard on stage was essentially just that was Xbox just unzipping their trousers and poof, big dick yep. on the table that was that was that was just what they were opening with like we own Bethesda now this is what you're <laughs> getting and then obviously announcing Starfield as an exclusive as well like that's upset a lot of people and we all knew it was kind of happening going to happen but. How do you feel uh, about that, Eric? Are you going to be getting getting an Xbox for it, or I had an Xbox One, PC X. Uh, I'm sorry, Xbox Series X. I, I had one, and I I drove 30 minutes across town to go pick it up, and then discovered that I didn't want it. Um, <laughs> so my neighbor, I hate you so much. I really my do. neighbor's buddy had been looking for one for a long, long time. So I went, you know what? This is just going to sit on my shelf and not play anything. So you'll probably get more use out of this. So I I let him buy it off of me. Which I'm you know, sorry if you can hear the ice cream. Have you, been a scal- have you been a scalper? 
No, I sold it to him for exactly what I paid for it. Don't believe you. Okay. Sorry. Can you guys hear that ice cream van? It's literally yep. right outside the yeah. house. Sorry. <laughs> does, he, does he have the warranty? Well, if anything happens to it, I mean, he what, knows the ice who cream I am. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. For the van. But no, to be, to be honest, to answer your question seriously, yes, when something comes out that is exclusive, I will just play it on PC. Yeah. As what about I? you, Dan? Yeah, you're going to go PC. Does that mean yeah. you're going to upgrade your PC to a gaming PC? I've got a gaming yeah, a PC. Yeah. Yeah, but you're going to get all the super duper visuals. You've been spoiled by a PS5 now, aren't you? Uh, I don't want to do. miss out on Starfield, so I will be playing it on PC. If it's yeah. Skyrim in space, I'm in. And by that time, we'll I'll probably just have my gaming PC hooked up to my TV in the game room and just mm. leave it there. Yeah. But I mean, what, you know, what are your thoughts on being exclusive other than outside of your usage? I'm annoyed by it, but I, I get it. I, at the end of the day, this is a competitive industry, and I think that for Microsoft, it was a great acquisition. I think for Bethesda, it may not have been because you're essentially cutting off over 50% of your fan base. And I don't, I don't know, I, I get it. Everybody needs to have their exclusives, but... If it's a first party first party studio that started out as first party and it's like, okay, we're gonna stick with this, great. I think if it's a third party studio that has been releasing games multi console for generations, I think that by by choosing a console and going exclusive with that, you're alienating a lot of people. And there may not be people out there who are gonna have the means in which to say, Oh, well, I really want to play Starfield now, so I, I, I guess I just can't because I had to choose it. PS5 it's or an, Xbox. It's an interesting time for them to do it because I think off the back of Fallout 4, it would have been a real sh- a real strong move. But after like some of the chaotic, like, some of the chaotic shit that's been going on, like with Fallout, Fallout 76. 76, like, yeah, they're not exactly in a strong position. And so then to like be like, well, let's, let's cut off a huge percentage of the market that we sell to and just saddle ourselves with Microsoft. Well, maybe that's why Microsoft maybe they got like a better a better deal for like picking up um picking up a develop a big developer and publisher while it's down while it's down in quotes because it's an absolute behemoth but you know what i mean like it's not in its i just don't think it's in its strongest position it's been in since since the days of fallout 4 and skyrim i mean you've uh, got El- I, mean- I guess i guess elder scrolls online is pretty pretty big it's a pretty big uh, property yeah. for them but well, if you look at purely um, at the fan base that's out there i mean if you're looking at current reports the the PS5 is outselling the Xbox by a ton, mm. not just a little bit. Like they have almost two billion dollars more in sales than Xbox. That that's a lot of people that are not going to be playing your game. Yeah. For some context, right. though, remember that like both are struggling to get them out. Mm. Yeah, as but well. still. But it, yeah. it's extra but, confusing as well because I'm sure Deathloop is made by Bethesda, and that's PS5 exclusive. It is. For, yeah, they're honoring the contract. Yeah, it's it's PS5 exclusive that, uh, well, I think it might be just exclusive for a year, but they, obviously the Bethesda acquisition by Microsoft happened after that game was already in development and they're honoring that con- contract. They probably have to, to be honest. But yeah. Tom, you know, this is purely speculation because that's all we can do because we're not insiders in the industry. Mm. Um, you have to think there are Bethesda on the back foot. I mean, you've got to think it's not just their big games, yeah. but... 
well, two points I want to make, but like one, you know, you've got things like the Wolfenstein series, which admittedly Youngblood wasn't the greatest one, but you know, Doom mm. is going from strength to strength. You know, you've got mm. Arcane that, yes, it's for the PS5, but you've got Deathloop coming out. You know, you've got to remember it's not just those big Bethesda named RPGs. They own all of these other little things underneath as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the only reason I single out Fallout 76 was that it wasn't just a fail on a technical level with the game but they really fail customers and people mm. don't forget that i think people are less uh less forgive i think we're more forgiving when something's technically broken because well you know not always but um you know we're going through uh insane crunch in triple a studios because consumers now demand so much more and demand huge worlds massive quality and in, to be delivered in a relatively short space of time given what the output is but when you do things like charge insane amounts and then you you like don't offer refunds or you have these special limited editions with like sub like poor quality um, uh, accoutrement and like the these bag, little trinkets, it? yeah, 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 and like and I'll be honest, like CD Projekt Red did this too, you know, like the the promises that were made, the incredible promises that were made for Cyberpunk, you know, um, it, it's a real problem in the industry. But I think I take your point though. I, 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 I kind of I easily forget about stuff like Wolfenstein and Doom being Bethesda because I always think of id software. But um, but yeah, you know that that isn't that is a big deal too. Um, I think Microsoft, like Eric said, Microsoft have done really well to get hold of uh, to get Bethesda in their corner. They 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 could do with uh, a couple of big heavy hitters on their side during. You know that they've been down since. They've been down against Sony somewhat since the release of the Xbox One, and mm, for sure, um, I think that E3, from what you've said, uh, Mike, and from everything that you've shown us on on, on our, in our chats and stuff, they they did pull out the big guns and they did uh, perform well at E3 and put themselves in a stronger position. That I think that, um, and and it's even just. Like when I was uploading my, when I was getting my save data for Final Fantasy VII and I was talking about how, how all the steps I had to go through to get my save back and Sony's crazy infrastructure to like connect its accounts with save files and f licenses that you own. And you're like, smart delivery, like they already solved this. Like Microsoft have done this already. But like, you know, either well, people aren't talking about it or it's just, you know, people easily forget when Microsoft has a win. Well, and I think um, Microsoft is the superior company because they do have a more intricate understanding of how all of this stuff needs to function. When it comes they to just, networking, yeah, 100%. Well, like, even look at the gamer tags, like the ability to change your gamer tag on the fly. Great. Charge me 10 bucks for that. Like, yeah. why did Sony have to create a database where it's tied to my username instead of a fucking number like every I, other database in the universe is run? Crazy. Like, that's not Absolutely a complicated crazy. process. So. No. The problem with Microsoft is that they, they're very smart. They have great ideas. They just have absolute shit execution. So mm. I'm really, at the end of the day, yeah, I, I live and bleed PlayStation. It's just where where I play. But at the end of the day, I'm happy to see that Xbox is getting quality uh, games and studios moving forward. Because at the end of the day, the more games that are out there and the more people are playing, the better off everybody's going to be. Mm. It's just... It, mm. I'm not going to lie. I'm annoyed that it's like, okay, now I have to have another system on which to play this. I don't like that, but you know, good for yeah. them. Let's yeah, face yeah. it though. Like the elder Scrolls six is probably going to be Xbox exclusive. Yep. And, and that's where I'll just play it on PC. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, but that's going to shift some consoles that like, yeah. Um, something I want to touch on Eric 
um, again, it, it'll be purely speculation on our part. But I don't think touch it's anything on to me, please. <laughs> but you said you know <laughs> they're getting rid of. 50% of their user base. I mean, are they really? Because there's the a couple of factors here. I would argue that Skyrim probably, again, speculation, I'd argue that Skyrim probably is seen more as a PC game than anything else. Yeah. I see more people probably play it so. on there. Sure. Um, the Elder Scrolls series, in my mind anyway, I always think of, when you think of like Morrowind and Oblivion, I think Xbox. I don't mm. think PlayStation. I did that as games even on PlayStation, I don't know. But then also, you've got to think back to the mess that Skyrim was on the PS3. Like, that would oh my probably God. soured a lot of people. It was such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I did that, that was the reason anyway. I never played Skyrim back in the day. I had a PS3 and all are. the problems happened. I, yeah, I couldn't... It was un, I, I couldn't play it. I remember just the, the loading times between screens just going into, like... Like a minute and a half. Yeah, it was so, <laughs> so bad. And, yeah, I think you're... It's funny... I feel the same. I remember when I first played Oblivion, it was 100%. It was on the 360. Mm. Uh, was it you as well, Eric? You played three, uh, Oblivion on 360? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then I played it I again well. on PS3. Yeah, yeah. But no, I feel the same. I I feel they're PC-centric games. Yeah, Bethesda yeah. in general. Bethesda games in general. Yeah, and I think that, the, you know, you. I I think that Bethesda at this point, you know, they, they they would have been running off their own cash flow. They now have the behemoth that is Microsoft behind them. Um, mm, and mm. I think they the failings that they've had with Fallout 76, for example, um, you know, I, I think they still, I, I, I believe, I, th- I think they actually still make quite a bit of money off of Fallout 76. It's kind of redeeming itself yeah. a little bit. I've not played it, so I, I can't give my opinion on it. But yeah, the entire thing has been a shit show publicly. <laughs> um, and, you know, to, to go from having to essentially fund themselves to having that behemoth that's Microsoft behind them now. Like, well, maybe they can afford I think they can only QA go from strength to now. strength. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting. This was supposed to be our E3 show. We've turned it into a Bethesda show. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. It's just funny to flow a conversation. But I think, you know, you, you said you haven't watched it, Tom, but yeah, that, that Microsoft conference, it, it was just a massive advert for Game Pass. It really, really was. I think right, they showed, right. I think it was 30 games and 27 of them were Game Pass Day 1, not necessarily exclusive to Xbox, but all of them were 20, uh, like 27 of them were Xbox Game Day 1. And I think that is, like I've said for a while now, you know, I think that's what they're heading towards. Yeah, they've got the consoles to back it up, but, you know, I, I, they're looking at this play everywhere thing. And I think... Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, I, I like I say, I don't believe in console wars, you know, play wherever you like but i think you know the the days of us going xbox can't compete with playstation i think in a few years time we are going to be talking about them being on equal footing doing different things you know i've, I've said about these three lanes that the, the three companies are going in you've got nintendo doing their thing playstation doing their thing xbox doing their thing now that it's it's not just microsoft and xbox in one lane nintendo in the other and i think i think we're all going to have very different opinions in a few years yeah and then you've got steel well at the them. end of the highway ruling over them all <laughs> Remember Stadia? Yeah, no, they're oh, just I... they're just in the laybys cleaning up piss. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the ooh, yeah. But, yeah, but um, I know you want to start winding down, Eric. But like you kind of touched on it at the beginning. How how are your feelings on what you saw of Elden Ring? Oh, dude, I'm fucking excited. Just completely, I'm ready for it. My body is Reginald. <laughs> My body is also Reginald. <laughs> Have you heard about any of the details that came out afterwards? Apparently, as four player. Um, and it has like almost a sort of 
open world things thing where you might be able to go to different places in different orders? You know what? I think last year I wrote an article about it based on a apparent leak, and lots of that seems to be true. Uh, oh, wow. Open mm-hmm. world kind of lo- lots of different environments that you can sp- explore in any order, uh, mounts and that kind of stuff all shown in the trailer, and it, like it just all marries up. It really seems interesting. Like- Dark Souls meets Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah, Damn. like kind of an open world Dark Souls, basically. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it looks and good. I, mean, I like that, that, for that horse vertically jumped. I'm jacked cool. that we got a release date for it. No, yeah, I, when I saw it, it I was pushed? like, "We're not going to get a release date," and then it popped up at the end of the trailer. I was like, yes. "It's going to get pushed." You know it. I mean, oh, yeah. I wouldn't. I would not expect that anytime before summer of next year. Did you I've just watch the trailer, or did you watch? Did you actually watch Kickoff Live? Because it made me laugh. Because Jeff Keighley was obviously really so yeah. fucking excited about the fact that he yep. got it for his show. Yep. <laughs> I watched him Bless introduce him. it, which good for him, man. Good for yeah. him. Easily the most anticipated game of the summer, and he got it for his show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, technically, technically, Elden Ring was not at E3. Yeah, technically, it was. Think not. about it. Mm. Neither was neither was Sony. I I wonder if they're going to do an event over the summer. I imagine they probably will. Uh, rumored state of play within the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, there's also an EA play happening in July as well, where there's that rumored Dead Space revival. Oh yeah. Oh. yeah. See, uh, I'm and there's another. There's, another, there's a Anna. Is it Annapurna that's pronounced? They've got a showcase in a few weeks as well, Tom. They advertise oh. a clip. They advertise a clip for the showcase at the end of the day of the devs. It will show things like Stray and stuff like that. Yes. Yes, I got stray on my uh, on my fantasy league. Yeah, I saw, I saw. Um, <laughs> before we completely wind down, I do want to mention Guardians of the Galaxy. I I'm quite pumped for that. Eric, you weren't sold, I know. I think it looks <laughs> like just a janky, ugly mess. Did you watch the gameplay? Did you watch the trailer with the gameplay? I I'm not sure. It looks so much fucking fun. I, I, they've made the right decision of making it a single player game where you just play Star Lord. And they've got a soundtrack to back it up. It's got like, I think they're going mainly 80s by the sounds of it. But they've got like licensed tracks in it, which Guardians of the Galaxy needs after the films. Um, It has almost like a um, Telltale Games decision system where certain things happen. Like in the trailer, there was a bit where they were deciding whether to put Rocket or Groot inside this cage to take to the bad guy. Um, And obviously whatever decision you make does it. And then there was a one bit where Drax threw Rocket over a thing to a cliff to get to a gate and it said a thing like rocket will remember that and stuff like that but mm. the gameplay just looks like fun like really really high action uh high octane action and you can pull in the other guardians to do like special moves together and stuff like that i it was funny it had that humor that the film has I, i'm in nice, i'm in for sure nice. i'm looking at the yeah. gameplay demo right now and it, it does look a little better i don't like the design for star lord but again i'm basing it off of my uh chris yeah. pratt but um yeah apparently it's but, more comic based but kind of its own thing that's so, awesome. Um, the gameplay does look good. I'll, I'll admit, what they showed at E3 did not look good. You mentioned uh, uh, Annapurna earlier, Mike. I, I'm so excited for 12 minutes. Oh, dude, so am I. That game looks so interesting. If you guys haven't caught uh, a snippet of that, like uh, try and try and see if you find it on the on the. On the Is that YouTube the one where you're cause... stuck in one room? Yeah, yeah, that looks real good. Uh, is it loot loops every 12 minutes if uh, correct. I thought correctly. that was uh, the Outer Worlds <laughs> is that not the Outer yeah. Wilds the Outer Worlds 2 was announced wasn't uh, 
Right. Look, yes, it was, but yeah, at the I'm risk of having that. having this joke thrown back, this thrown back in my face constantly, <laughs> I I am already annoyed by the fact that that Final Fantasy Origin game it keeps getting called Final Fantasy Origins. <laughs> Everywhere you look, everyone's calling it Final Fantasy Origins. No, Final Fantasy Origins already exists. <laughs> Real quick on that, I'm sold on that. I will be buying that game. <laughs> Are you going to kill Chaos, Eric? Possibly the worst, one of the worst trailers in E3 recent memory, but oh. that demo sold me. Like it's sold. just, it's basically Nio, but Final Fantasy. It's it's Nio with I a little it. bit of Dark Souls and some real cheesy anime vein. cringe. A little bit of Code Vein in there as well, sprinkled in. I've got two copies of Code Vein, both sealed. <laughs> oh, you should open one. And thank, no. Thankfully, you can get them pretty quickly out of his dude bro outfit into some armor. Yes. Yeah, right. Dude. Yeah. That game is fugly, though. Oh, it so looks terrible. Nice. But again, so it's ugly. like alpha footage. So, mm, yeah, I guess. It needs, but it needs some polishing, like, really does. Yeah. I'm sold I, on the gameplay. I really enjoyed it. I had a blast with it. The music yeah, was great. I, I wanted I like to keep the, going. And I really struggled uh, to kill Garland at the end. I like that they kept with the Final Fantasy VII remake uh, UI and design. Yep. Yeah. There. It was, that was good. It's it very clean. Yeah, it is very clean. I enjoyed it. I, enjoyed the I gave it a go. Not a game for me, but it I wasn't as bad as I was expecting because I watched that trailer and I was like, Jesus, this is the cringiest <laughs> fucking thing I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, the voice acting is... You're going to kill Chaos, Tom? No. I'm going to kill Chaos. <laughs> me, Chaos, 1v1. Yeah. That, you I, only I, mentioned Chaos eight times, people. <laughs> Um, you know, E3, I, I think there's still a place in the world for E3. I just, I think a lot of play, people need to tighten up what they want to show. And if they have nothing to show or you don't have a great conference, like showcase to back it up, just don't, don't do it for the sake I'm of I'm just it. glad that I got to actually physically attend an E3 before it went the way it is now. Like a true died in the wool. This is fucking the big three E3. I was so and, jealous of you a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a dream come true and to be there when they announce consoles and that was the peak and now it's just i feel like we're not ever going to get back to that i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens next year I th- uh, oops, um yeah we'll see sorry i'm trying to type something at the same time as we'll before. see guys um yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens next year because i think for some people the online only thing worked i'm looking at you devolver um, but yeah, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I don't really know what point I'm making, but yeah. Mike, you want to give us a quick update on our fantasy league here? Cause Ooh, yeah, that's, cause that's uh, gone tits up for me. <laughs> Still in the lead though, Eric. I am. I am, but we're just a little hot on your heels. <laughs> not let Dan. me scroll Apart from down me. <laughs> to it. So release games. So the points as uh, added points as they stand as of about quarter to British time. Eric got eight, uh, 18 points due to Rift Apart being uh, an 88. I think you were hoping mm. for higher, weren't you? Yeah, I thought for sure that'd be in the mid-90s. Which one? Rift Apart. It only ended oh. up at eight, 88. Nah. Same as Monster Hunter Rise. Nah, it's Ratchet. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, the one that's fucked you over is Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance coming in at 60 points, which lost you 10. Uh, sorry, <laughs> rating 60 lost you 10 points. It's okay for How people to be wrong. 
some updates on games that won't release that were part of things. So uh, God of War Ragnarok for me and Breath of the Wild 2 for me. Also, I can't fucking drop either of them because for some reason, even though we had the thing where you can drop a game that isn't coming out, which I dropped Gotham Knights, and then a game to rele- drop for whatever reason you wanted, because they now weren't released, their clusters won't release games, and the fucking system won't let me drop them, so I'm stuck with them. Great. Sucks uh, to suck. You've got Senua's Saga for Tom, and you've got Elden Ring for Dan, because obviously it's not going to be released this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Took a swing and a miss on that one, Dan. Yeah. I know. That was the only one I really took a punt on for not releasing this year. I've added a few new games. I've got uh, Lost Judgment. That's the sequel to Judgment. I don't know if you guys played that one, but it's basically Yakuza. It's the action-based Yakuza game. Yeah, I need. I to might have it. that sealed. Uh, uh, Advanced Advanced Wars One and Two. Just because oh, I'm pretty excited for bitch. it myself. I'm so excited about that. I was mad when you snagged that one. <laughs> uh, and then I went for Stray because uh, I don't know. It's actually looking really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for Stray. Only yeah. one I've added since E3 was Battlefield 2042, which hmm. I'm sold. I'm in. I'm ready for another Battlefield. I I would bid Mr. Tyson for Forza Horizon 5, and I Bastard. also picked up I also picked up Metroid Dread. Oh yes, Metroid Dread looks good, guys. Looks good. Uh, I dropped yeah. Solar Ash just because we've not heard much about it recently, so I'm a bit concerned about it. Um, but I picked up Guardians of the Galaxy. I picked up Mario Party Superstars because it's a collection of all the old Mario Party games that people liked. Of course, it's going to do fucking do well. Uh, I picked a WarioWare Get It Together because it's WarioWare. It's going to do well. And I picked up a game called Death's Door, which was shown at um, Day of the Devs, which is kind of a... Uh, it kind of... it look. It, it's not a uh, roguelike, um, but... Um, in terms of style, it looks like Hades as an isometric kind of comic view, comic comic sort of look about it. And hmm. uh, you play as like a crow who would normally, obviously, crows associated with murder, and there's something to do with um, deaths not going right or something like that. And you play as a crow with a sword, and it looks amazing. Check That's it out. That's cool. That's actually kind of cool. Um, hmm. Is that everyone's hmm. pickups? Yeah think it is isn't it um which then puts yeah puts eric still at the top with 37 points uh dan second to 26 me third 22 and then i've got bud and but dan doesn't have 26 dan has 21 tom has 27 i got him the wrong way around i'm sorry (laughs) and that's clearly a seven not a six yeah no i got bud and butch wrong way around um (laughs) just quickly though that battlefield game because we mentioned it, mentioned it yeah is that being sent out to die because Why? it's going to be 70 dollar title it's multiplayer only it's being released later this year at the same time as probably the new call of duty but bear in mind you've already still got warzone and things like apex and Legends it's not going to have a battle royale mode and also you've got potentially halo infinite coming out around that same time that's gonna be a hot turd which they've already announced (laughs) that the multiplayer for that is free so free halo free warzone plus a call of duty coming out and then a 70 dollar multiplayer only battlefield game i don't know how well the next call of duty is going to do because they're going back to world war ii but it's going to be in the pacific campaign are they actually yeah so how the hell are you going to integrate that into Warzone. Uh, I don't know. That's for another show. Mm. I'm very surprised we haven't seen that yet. It's coming. You know it is. 
Well, yeah, obviously they come out every year. I forget mm. what it's. Oh, it's yeah, supposedly called thought. Vanguard. So I'm trying. Cool. Trying to find the trailer for Death's Door to show you guys. I reckon it's uh, gonna be right up your street. All of your collective streets. Uh, our next show coming up is going to be the Retro on July 4th. So next weekend, Mario Galaxy 2. And then we'll be back recording another side quests on July 18th. I think at maybe even this week, Tom and I are going to do a, a fun little offshoot episode of side quests where we each purchase a pack of 10 random games and, and open them and talk about them. The old, the old mystery box, the old, the old steam key mystery box, old mystery box, you basically lighten $10 on fire. <laughs> <laughs> We no, did mention we'll as well. Them. Did mention as well. That Tom's Q and A is up. So if you're yep. five dollar or above backer, oh, yeah. go and go and have a watch. You can find us you. on uh, Patreon.com/slash/FactorySealed. So much as one dollar gets you Factory Sealed unwrapped, and then five dollars and above gets you access to all of the uh, listener Q and A's that we do each month. Who's up next, Dan? It is I, Danzo. Are you going to do a yeah. tour of a uh, Coxer this time? It's a bit bigger, so maybe not. Ooh. Oh, yeah, it's worth subscribing $5 just to see my uh, video tour of it, which was a true highlight of that video, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> or me singing to Mike about Wayne's World. Yeah. Yeah, asshole. Man, Wayne's World's great. It's so fun. You're on the wrong side of history here, Eric. It's okay. I'm strong in my sure. convictions. Mike. Mike. Hello? You aren't going out this afternoon, are you? Why? Just because your shoe's still stuck to the kitchen floor. This episode of Factory Sealed was brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Samuel Chun, Jeremy Lucas, Miles Prower, Nicholas Bradley, Chad Schaefer, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutris, Thomas McGrew, Phil Gartside, John Weaver, Jason McGill, Haitani, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Mark Haddock, Dalton Souter, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Tori Wolford, Gus Robin, Hesley Hattie, Elliot Hughes, Aaron Lanning, and Brandon Meyer.